You're listening to the Mental Roads Podcast with host Jessica Herbert. This is episode nine, Feed Yourself. Hello, I am Jessica Herbert, and you're listening to the Mental Roads Podcast, a podcast about learning from and getting through life's challenges. Hello, humans, and any other intelligent beings who may be listening. I hope you all had a very Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. My mom and dad came to visit us here in New Jersey for Christmas. They got here right as my semester ended, so I was able to relax with them. My kids had time off from school, and my husband magically got time off as well. We spent the whole time baking with my dad, way too many cookies. My dad taught us how to make cheese. The kids played Minecraft with my mom. She's an awesome grandma that way. We even got to take them up to New York City and see a Cirque du Soleil show. Twas the night before. It was a pretty pared back show, but it was still an amazing experience. Before the show, we went to eat at Brother Jimmy's, which I found listed on Mommy Nearest as a family restaurant but it also happens to be a sports bar and Sunday night football was on. The whole dining experience um, is really a story for another time, but let's just say they were accommodating and 100% family friendly and I wholly recommend them. We'll totally eat there again. With a new year come new things. My brother got engaged, super excited about that. We have a new habit of having to learn to write 2020 on everything. Always confuses me. We have a fun slew of seeing in 2020 jokes and memes. We make goals and resolutions. And for me, it's a new semester of classes. Here's my quick take on resolutions. I may sound a little um, gospel preachy for a second, but one of my classes this semester is a New Testament class. So hang in there. I was reading in Luke 4, where Christ fasts for 40 days and 40 nights. And verse 2 talks about how after not eating for that long, he hungered. After reading this, something really, really hit me. Are you ready for my very deep thought? Because it's pretty profound. If you do not eat, then you get hungry. Bam! (laughs) Is your mind blown? In all honesty, it sounds pretty obvious and simple, but think for a minute. Most of us appear on the outside to be doing pretty good. People ask, how are you doing? And you say, I'm fine. It's shockingly easy for someone to go to church or go to work or go to school or take care of their fabulous kids or do everything that you should You can't see my air quotes around should, but they're there. Everything that you should do. It's easy to have and do fabulous things and yet never truly be seeking to feed yourself. It is easy to just put a smile on your face and assume it will be enough. And let's face it, some days it's all we can muster to do that. But in the long run, you cannot just stare at food and expect to be nourished. At some point, you will find yourself hungry or starving. You have to actively grow and appreciate the blessings of whatever your experience, because I 
am with you. Trials and bad news suck. But also know that without a doubt, I give you my 100% for sure seal of approval that whatever you have going on, whatever trial you've had, it can help you learn and grow into a better person. There was a point in my life where I was up to my shoulders in diapers and dishes and we had no money and my family was far away and my husband worked constantly and I thought, this is it. This is my life. It never ends. I am a butt wiping, food fetching, milk producing cow who will forever get no sleep. And it was very hard to feel like I had anything to feed myself with. It took mind work and time to understand the beautiful process that my life was going through. That part of life does not last forever. It does feel like it though, sometimes. It is human nature to want to expand and understand and progress. Now, my point with this is that with new things, people make new goals and you can never truly know what's going on in someone's mind. Let's face it, a lot of times we struggle with understanding our own. It is normal to have questions and frustrations. And for me, I have learned that there are good ways, there are better ways, and there are best ways of finding true comfort in the face of starvation. What helps me to grow may not help you. So as you are making resolutions, not that I'm suggesting you shouldn't aim high, my challenge to you is to be able to take a look at yourself. Take a look at yourself and decide what could feed you. Where are you hungry? What will help you to grow? I would hope that listening to this podcast could be one way. Not that you should make it your New Year's resolution to always listen, but I would hope I could help. Get back to your basics and learn to nourish yourself. I'm not talking just self-care here, friends. I am talking soul and life, basic, fabulous nourishment. If you do not eat, then you get hungry. Now, perhaps to help you with this, I have decided to give you a few episodes on one of the most basic of activities. It's so basic that most people take it for granted. It's sort of like breathing. You don't really stop to think about what it is. What I would like to feed you with, if you will, are a couple of episodes about communication. Why would I try to teach you about communication, you ask? Why should you feed yourself this way? Well, communication is meaningful to life because it is how you know yourself. We talk about ourselves. We use labels to describe ourselves, to determine what to do or why we want to do what we do. We often don't even notice these self-conversations. Communication is the basis for human contact. We share feelings and we share ideas with others. We write, we look, we high five, we use social media. Communication is so many things. It is something you are aware of sometimes. It can be purposeful and conscious and intentional. 
like when you're discussing travel plans or when you're solving a problem, but it can also be a reactive thing where you're not meaning, it's, it's unintentional, it's unconscious. You use facial expressions when you get good news or when you get bad news. Communication is dynamic because our attitudes and our skills change as do those of the people around us. Communication is continuous because it never stops. Whether we're asleep or awake, our mind is constantly processing ideas and information. Communication is irreversible. What you say or what you think is either out there in the universe or it is in your mind. It crossed your mind. Communication is interactive. It's like a a spiral that you carry with you and it can go in a positive direction or it can go in a negative direction. Communication is contextual. It, It changes varied on place or people or purpose. Communication is so important in so many different areas of our life and it's important to understand how you communicate, or how you want to communicate with yourself and with others. A short story about how communication can make your life easier. My dad is a podiatrist. And one day when I was 16, 17, 18, I don't remember. I was driving and I was in high school. I remember that. I had to go pick him up from the airport. And as I did this, he gets in the car, put his bags in the car, he gets in the car, and then his phone rings. And it was his secretary. And all of a sudden, he starts using this very thick, heavy, twangy, southern Texas accent. I grew up in Dallas, Fort Worth area, by the way. I was super confused. And he got off the phone. I'm like, Dad, what on earth was that? And he's like, oh, um, when I'm at work, I have a southern accent. And I didn't even realize that I just did that. But he is a podiatrist who mainly goes through nursing homes and he takes care of the needs there. And a lot of times he has found that older Texans prefer somebody who they also believe is a good old Texas boy. (laughs) So at work, he has found that his patients respond to him better when he has a Texas accent. And I found that hilarious. (laughs) Another reason I really want to talk to you about communication is that there is so much noise that goes on that can confuse the way you communicate with others. You have noises around in your environment, like loud music or a car. Somebody could be deaf or somebody could have laryngitis. My son has a sinus infection right now, and it's kind of hilarious to listen to him when he talks. You could have a language barrier. Someone could even be just from a different part of the United States, and the words that they use can be different and confusing. Some people have different grammar. Sometimes you have different cultures. I know that oftentimes when I talk with my parents and I use military lingo that I am used to, like PCS or BAH, they have no idea what I'm talking about. 
Okay, sometimes we also have these different psychological noises, upsets or stresses that create hardships in our communication. But there's so many different noises that you need to know how to deal with them. You need to be flexible. You have to keep your eyes and your ears open to any kind of problems. And then you have to adjust according to what they are. We all have a need for communication. Sometimes we communicate to survive. We need to talk to people. We need to say something in order to protect another person. Usually, we talk for pleasure. We talk because we think other people should or want to hear what we have to say. We talk because we want to enjoy another person's company. We talk to find security and to seek balance. We talk to secure our own territory. We talk differently in different places. There's different types of communication. Interpersonal is where you're talking to yourself. It's um, internal and and processing your own self-talk, which is important to be aware of these thoughts and observations and to know how to interpret them. The main thing I want to talk to you about is interpersonal communication where you're reacting and in exchanging communication with another person. We need people around us to help us grow. So as I am teaching and as we are learning together about communication, there are a few things I want you to keep in mind. First of all, communication takes place within a system, within a chunk And when entering into any relationship, we establish patterns. We have patterns in our family. And when one person leaves, this changes the system and therefore changes our communication. When you move, that is changing the system, okay? And you have to relearn communication. That is normal. That is okay. You just have to do it. (laughs) You have to learn how to do it. Another thing is that messages cannot be erased. There are no take backsies in communication. When you say it, it is out there. Communication is proactive. We always respond. Whether we mean to or not, in my psych class, they were talking about facial expressions and they showed a clip of when Halle Berry was in a Miss America pageant or I'm not sure what it was, but they showed us this clip where she lost. And for a split second, a tiny hair of a second, she is upset. And then all of a sudden, she's smiling again. Whether we want to or are planning to or not, we always react. The meaning of a given act of communication can't be separated from the components in which it's given. So you have the people in a communication You have the purpose of the communication, and then you have the context in which it's given. So let's say you are talking in text to your husband, okay? Usually, you can't separate that thought and say, oh, we were having a complete conversation. And partially, that's because in text message form, you're not getting the inflection of everything. And this can happen with anything. When you think about a certain conversation, 
even in person, not just with text messages, but any type of conversation, you remember it in that same location with the same people and the same purpose. So all three of those things, the people, the context, and the purpose of your conversation matter and they can't be separated. Another thing is that your communication is culture-oriented, okay? Whether you are walking down a street and you look down all the time, maybe that is something that you grew up doing. Maybe when you meet somebody, you hug them. That is a part of communication and it is also something that is culture-oriented, something you grew up with. We teach others how to treat us, okay? If you do nothing, when you don't like something, it's going to stay the same and that is part of communication, We communicate what and who we are. We may speak words. We have accents. We have values. All of these things come out in our communication. We cannot not communicate. Even no talking is communicating. All right? People react to reactions. Isaac Newton has this law that we are all aware of. To every action, there is an equal and opposite reaction to everything. And that means communication. Another thing is you do what you do because in the end, you expect to achieve happiness. Okay? When you communicate with another person, it is highly likely that the reason you're saying what you're saying is because you think it will help you get to what you want. More on that later. You cannot always have the same understandings and feelings as another person. People would rather be praised than punished. Shocker. We would also rather be punished than ignored. Another thought is be curious, not furious. Reacting with anger often closes your communication. Having a willingness to see through each other's eyes, it might not solve your problem, but it can change you. And compassionate language with the right spirit can enable us to change and transform hazardous situations into ones of growth and understanding. And it can do the same thing in reverse as well. My very last thought on communication for you is that meaning is in people, not in words. W. Craig Zwick once said, There exists today a great need for men and women to cultivate respect for each other across wide distances of belief and behavior and across deep canyons of conflicting agendas. It is impossible to know all that informs our minds and our hearts, or even to fully understand the context for the trials and choices that we face. So, how well do you communicate? How well do you share? How well do you know your own thoughts? 
and intentions. How compassionate are you with others and with yourself? Are you feeding yourself? Again, my name is Jessica Herbert. I can't wait to get started on this next semester with you. I really hope I can share a lot of things that will help each of you on this crazy, wonderful, beautiful, fabulous life of mental roads. You are listening to the Mental Roads Podcast with host Jessica Herbert. This is episode 10, Stinkin' Vultures. Hello, I am Jessica Herbert, and you are listening to the Mental Roads Podcast, a podcast about learning from and getting through life's challenges. Hello, my fellow quarantined friends, <laughs> and probably your kids too, since I know all of my children are home for a while right now. Our school district here in New Jersey has said they won't go back until April 20th, which I guess we'll see. But right now, that gives me and the kids about four weeks of navigating public school virtual learning. Note, I did not say homeschool. I have homeschooled, and that is a much different thing. We get to pick what we want, and when we turn it in, and... We may be schooling at home, but it is very different than homeschooling and kind of makes me miss it, honestly. Another crazy thing is that my husband is teleworking. He is an Air Force firefighter and usually would be considered mission critical and be at the fire station, but he's here in assignment teaching firefighters in different countries in Africa, so he is home as well. With all of the crazy going on, there is so much change in the way that we run our household. An even bigger change I've noticed is how we have to communicate with each other. In seemingly normal times, our communication feels easy, right? You know what makes this so difficult is that communication is not particularly easy. It is learned. And when our setting and our purpose change so drastically like they have recently, it can make things pretty stressful, (laughs) Online communications are through the roof because everyone is practicing social distancing and staying at home. There's a whole wealth of hilarious memes and celebrities are reading children's books. Zoos and museums are offering free live classes. My daughter's preschool had a Zoom meeting. It was weird and also the cutest Zoom meeting I have ever seen. (laughs) Through all of this, I feel this really weird mixture of relaxation and having more time to hang out with my family and also anticipation and anxiety over how everything is working in our home and in the world around me. During times like this, it feels like there isn't much we can do to change our situation. So to help, I just want to give you a few facts about vultures. (laughs) Why would learning about vultures help you? Well, just stick with me, okay? It made sense in my head. All right, vultures. What are they? They are a relatively unattractive bird with naked heads and they walk funny and they have sharp pointy beaks and they tend to pick on the weak and the helpless and even the dead. But you know what? Vultures have some pretty unique and amazing qualities as well. They have value and while they still seem awkward and strange to most, 
what new and different things don't feel that way until you have clearly sought to learn and understand it. Now, psychological vultures are very similar. See what I'm doing here? Your inner monologue determines much of your external dialogue. And in turn, this affects how you react to whatever situation you are in. Our self-talk triggers nonverbal reactions. Your behavior, feelings, self-esteem, and even your stress levels are influenced by what's going on in your head. Self-talk helps you process who you are and how to deal with whatever is going on around you. So if you find yourself stressed or worried about stuff right now, let me teach you a little bit about vultures with some fun facts I found on mentalfloss.com and how to either defeat or make your vultures work for you. Okay, fact number one. Vultures are divided into two major groups and they are not closely related. With the exception of Australia and Antarctica, every continent has some sort of vulture population. There are 23 living species in the world. We have old world vultures and new world vultures. And genetic evidence tells us that these birds aren't close relatives. They independently evolved, and they simply look similar. Now, positive and negative self-talk are much the same. We always relate them together, even sometimes believe the negative things we say, and you continually communicate with yourself awake or not. Positive and negative thoughts can feel the same, and they evolve in similar ways, and self-talk can work for you or against you. It's the one that you choose to focus on that leads your actions. Now, right now there's a lot of change in our daily routines and it's easy to feel like you can't do something or like something is really hard. Do not fear your weaknesses. See them as needs, areas where you can grow and change. And the best way to combat this vulture is to pat yourself on the back. Say something good about yourself or your situation. When you choose to focus on the positive, the negative goes away. Use positive self-talk. Okay, fact number two. Vultures are bald. They have little or no feathers on their heads and their necks. And historically, it was believed that this was a sanitary measures because if they had facial feathers, they would get drenched in blood and ickiness at mealtime. But it turns out their bald heads actually offer another advantage. Researchers have found that on hot days, vultures tend to stick their necks out, and in cold weather, they tuck their heads under their wings. These guys actually regulate their body temperature with their skin because it rapidly loses heat. So this trick comes in handy because a lot of them deal with some extreme daily temperatures in their different habitats. Now... In my communications class, my textbook said that most of us only have a general idea of who we are and even what we believe in. It is easy to not understand why we think certain thoughts or are motivated in certain ways. We usually don't even think about it. And when I first read this, I admit I was slightly offended. Maybe you feel the same way, just like it appears obvious that a vulture doesn't have feathers for cleanliness, 
I also in most ways feel like I know who I am. But here's the thing. We have many different selves. We have an ideal self, one that we feel like we would be if we did everything perfect and everything exactly right. And then we have our should self, what we measure ourselves against and what we think we should do. Then we have our public self, our person that we act like in front of our husband or our children or in front of our friends or even online. They can all be a little bit different. Then we have our real self. And this is what we think of ourselves when we're being honest about our interests and our thoughts, our emotions and our needs. Our idealized should public and real self all blend together to form our self-concept or our understanding of ourselves. So especially in this time, seek to understand yourself. Learn more about the you who carries on your self-talk. There are a lot of things in this life we can't change, but the one thing we can control is ourselves. It may be difficult, especially right now, but take the time to engage in self-care. Make time for you. Okay, fact three is a little weird. Vultures poop on themselves. Just like their bald heads, they don't have any feathers on their feet and their legs, which gets rid of excess body heat. And sometimes to aid with this, some species actually poop on their legs and allow liquid to evaporate, which cools their skin. But this also serves an additional purpose. Because of their diet, their poop is highly acidic and it acts as a disinfectant for their feet, which gets rid of harmful bacteria they pick up while hopping around on animal carcasses. (laughs) Here's the thing. Humans have wonderful memories, but we have relatively short memories. We remember best right after an event, but but pretty soon after that, we forget things. And even more serious, our brain often fills in information in order to complete a picture and make it make sense. Daniel Schachter has a list that he calls the seven sins of memory, and we are all easily subject to these things. We have bias. We misattribute things. We block memories that we don't like. Our memories have transients and they can come and then they can go. Sometimes we have persistent memories that we want to forget, or sometimes we are just plain old absent minded. The amazing thing about our memory is that it is also subject to our past experience. What we perceive depends on our memory of past experiences. So, unless you have a magical photographic memory, don't poop on yourself by needlessly thinking that your way is the only way. You cannot have the same understandings and feelings as others. So when someone frustrates you, be curious, not furious. Have a willingness to see through each other's eyes. It may not change or solve your problem, but it can change you. Fact number four, Egyptian vultures can use tools. With round-edged stones, they use hammers and they hammer away at ostrich eggs until they crack open. And once this work has been done, ravens sometimes swoop down and chase the vultures off and then steal it. And that's life for you. (laughs) 
80 to 93% of people experience some form of communication anxiety. Jerry Seinfeld once said, the number one fear in life is public speaking, and the number two fear is death. This means if you go to a funeral, you're better off in the casket than giving the eulogy. Fear is a powerful tool. We have seen a lot of fear with this virus going around, and here I am talking about the fear to speak your mind, the fear to speak up or to engage in communications. Communication anxiety is a very real thing, and negative self-talk often reflects excessive worry, and it can bring on symptoms like headaches and sleeplessness and upset stomach. An interesting thing is that very few people are actually born with communication anxiety. But this excessive worry over what to say or how to word the perfect text or respond well to a Facebook post or, heck, even call someone on the phone. How often do we do that anymore? Physical communication is important. So if you aren't able to use your communication tools well right now, if you're feeling apprehensive about this change, or even if you need more social interaction and are hesitant to find new ways to connect, listen to these tools I want to share with you now. There is no such thing as a perfect communicator. We all make mistakes, and most often the perceived fear of what's going to go wrong will never happen. You must assume that if someone doesn't like what you say or how you say it, it is that person's problem and not yours. Now, I'm not trying to be rude here. Use discretion. I'm not saying to go around saying everything on your mind. I am simply saying that people choose to be offended and that is their choice. Okay, fact number five. The turkey vulture does not have that nasal septum that separates the left and right nasal passages. So if you look at the side of their head, you can see right through their bills. Communication is almost like breathing. You usually don't stop to think about what it really is. Communication with others, especially with ourselves, is something most of us take for granted. You know how you see clear through this vulture's bill? You allow most people to see you through the way you communicate. It is the basis for feelings and ideas. Messages, once you say them, they cannot be erased. And even what you say to yourself in your head is extremely valuable and important. Once you verbalize those thoughts, they can become even more clear and real. This can be good, but it can also be bad. Sometimes when I say something out loud, I realize what a dumb idea it is. But then my stupid idea is out there and I can't take it back. Sometimes we say harsh things out loud and we can't take those back either. People see through to us by how we communicate. And we all easily mirror the actions of those that are close to us. We teach others how to treat us. If you do nothing when you don't like something, it's going to stay the same. If you whine at your kids, then chances are they're going to whine back. Today we were outside working in the yard, and my husband was being silly, and he said something to to my youngest, but then he said, Griffin? You can't see my face, but it was funny. And then our youngest, Raya, repeated it. And that was the only way she would refer to him in her little voice, Griffin. 
she saw that Griffin thought this was funny, so she continued to refer to him that way. Now, she was meaning this in a silly way, and so was Griffin and my husband, but that same instance has a totally different outcome when used in anger. So others see us by how we communicate and treat us accordingly. So block put downs when you hear them coming out of your mouth. Put your hand over your mouth if you have to. (laughs) If you don't like the response you keep getting from others, then change your reaction. But again, remember you can only change yours and chances are other people's attitudes towards you will change. All right, my last and final fact, and then we'll have our wrap up. The Andean condor has the largest wing surface of any living bird. Tip to tip, the wingspan of this thing measures 10 and a half feet across. Some have a longer wingspan, but their wings are skinnier and the condor beats them all in total surface area. Now, there is a lot to learn when discussing why or how we talk to ourselves, especially in this time. It is critical that we be patient with others and be patient with ourselves. But here is my wingtip to wingtip recap of what we've learned today. (laughs) There are two kinds of self-talk. Number one, focus on the positive and use encouraging self-talk. The more you do it, the more real it can become. Number two, Humans are complicated creatures. We have many different selves and often we don't take time to understand them. So take time for yourself. Take time to understand your needs. Number three, be curious and not furious. We have amazing brains that sometimes don't serve us the best way. Don't assume that your way is the only way. Be flexible, be compassionate, and be willing to change. Number four, fear is a powerful tool. Good communication is a better one. There is no such thing as a perfect communicator and we all make mistakes. Most of what we fear is never going to (laughs) happen. People choose to be offended and that is their choice. Number five, you allow people to see you and to know you and know how to treat you by the way you communicate. Verbalizing things makes them more real and you can't change other people, but you can change you. Guaranteed, Many things change when you have a willingness to change your inner voice and when you have a willingness to change how you communicate. Stay safe, my friends. Wash your hands, try to relax, and enjoy learning new ways of life. Nothing lasts forever, but how you feel about your situation starts with you. Again, my name is Jessica Herberts, and hopefully this helps you to navigate this crazy, beautiful, often obnoxious, but usually wonderful life of mental roads. You are listening to the Mental Roads podcast with host Jessica Herbert. This is episode 10, Stinkin' Vultures. I am Jessica Herbert, and you are listening to the Mental Roads Podcast, a podcast about learning from and getting through life's challenges. Hello, my fellow quarantined friends, and probably your kids too, since I know all of my children are home for a while right now. Our school district here in New Jersey has said they won't go back until April 20th, which 
I guess we'll see. But right now, that gives me and the kids about four weeks of navigating public school virtual learning. Note, I did not say homeschool. I have homeschooled, and that is a much different thing. We get to pick what we want and when we turn it in, and we may be schooling at home, but it is very different than homeschooling and kind of makes me miss it, honestly. Another crazy thing is that my husband is teleworking. He is an Air Force firefighter and usually would be considered mission critical and be at the fire station, but he's here in assignment teaching firefighters in different countries in Africa, so he is home as well. With all of the crazy going on, there is so much change in the way that we run our household. An even bigger change I've noticed is how we have to communicate with each other. In seemingly normal times, our communication feels easy, right? You know what makes this so difficult is that communication is not particularly easy. It is learned. And when our setting and our purpose change so drastically like they have recently, it can make things pretty stressful. (laughs) Online communications are through the roof because everyone is practicing social distancing and staying at home. There's a whole wealth of hilarious memes and celebrities are reading children's books. Zoos and museums are offering free live classes. My daughter's preschool had a Zoom meeting. It was weird and also the cutest Zoom meeting I have ever seen. (laughs) Through all of this, I feel this really weird mixture of relaxation and having more time to hang out with my family and also anticipation and anxiety over how everything is working in our home and in the world around me. During times like this, it feels like there isn't much we can do to change our situation. So to help, I just want to give you a few facts about vultures. Why would learning about vultures help you? Well, just stick with me, okay? It made sense in my head, all right? Vultures, what are they? They are a relatively unattractive bird with naked heads and they walk funny and they have sharp pointy beaks and they tend to pick on the weak and the helpless and even the dead. But you know what? Vultures have some pretty unique and amazing qualities as well. They have value and while they still seem awkward and strange to most, what new and different things don't feel that way until you have clearly sought to learn and understand it? Now, psychological vultures are very similar. See what I'm doing here? Your inner monologue determines much of your external dialogue. And in turn, this affects how you react to whatever situation you are in. Our self-talk triggers nonverbal reactions. Your behavior, feelings, self-esteem, and even your stress levels are influenced by what's going on in your head. Self-talk helps you process who you are and how to deal with whatever is going on around you. So if you find yourself stressed or worried about stuff right now, let me teach you a little bit about vultures with some fun facts I found on mentalfloss.com and how to either defeat or make your vultures work for you. Okay, fact number one. Vultures are divided into two major groups, and they are not closely related. With the exception of Australia and Antarctica, every continent has some sort of vulture population. There are 23 living species in the world. We have old world vultures and new world vultures. 
And genetic evidence tells us that these birds aren't close relatives. They independently evolved and they simply look similar. Now, positive and negative self-talk are much the same. We always relate them together, even sometimes believe the negative things we say, and you continually communicate with yourself awake or not. Positive and negative thoughts can feel the same, and they evolve in similar ways, and self-talk can work for you or against you. It's the one that you choose to focus on that leads your actions. Now, right now there's a lot of change in our daily routines and it's easy to feel like you can't do something or like something is really hard. Do not fear your weaknesses. See them as needs, areas where you can grow and change. And the best way to combat this vulture is to pat yourself on the back. Say something good about yourself or your situation. When you choose to focus on the positive, the negative goes away. Use positive self-talk. Okay, fact number two. Vultures are bald. They have little or no feathers on their heads and their necks. And historically, it was believed that this was a sanitary measures because if they had facial feathers, they would get drenched in blood and ickiness at mealtime. But it turns out their bald heads actually offer another advantage. Researchers have found that on hot days, vultures tend to stick their necks out, and in cold weather, they tuck their heads under their wings. These guys actually regulate their body temperature with their skin because it rapidly loses heat. So this trick comes in handy because a lot of them deal with some extreme daily temperatures in their different habitats. Now... In my communications class, my textbook said that most of us only have a general idea of who we are and even what we believe in. It is easy to not understand why we think certain thoughts or are motivated in certain ways. We usually don't even think about it. And when I first read this, I admit I was slightly offended. Maybe you feel the same way, just like it appears obvious that a vulture doesn't have feathers for cleanliness, I also in most ways feel like I know who I am. But here's the thing. We have many different selves. We have an ideal self, one that we feel like we would be if we did everything perfect and everything exactly right. And then we have our should self, what we measure ourselves against and what we think we should do. Then we have our public self, our person that we act like in front of our husband or our children or in front of our friends or even online. They can all be a little bit different. Then we have our real self. And this is what we think of ourselves when we're being honest about our interests and our thoughts, our emotions and our needs. Our idealized should public and real self all blend together to form our self-concept or our understanding of ourselves. So especially in this time, seek to understand yourself. Learn more about the you who carries on your self-talk. There are a lot of things in this life we can't change, but the one thing we can control is ourselves. It may be difficult, especially right now, but take the time to engage in self-care. Make time for you.
Okay, fact three is a little weird. Vultures poop on themselves. Just like their bald heads, they don't have any feathers on their feet and their legs, which gets rid of excess body heat. And sometimes to aid with this, some species actually poop on their legs and allow liquid to evaporate, which cools their skin. But this also serves an additional purpose. Because of their diet, their poop is highly acidic and it acts as a disinfectant for their feet, which gets rid of harmful bacteria they pick up while hopping around on animal carcasses. (laughs) Here's the thing. Humans have wonderful memories, but we have relatively short memories. We remember best right after an event, but but pretty soon after that, we forget things. And even more serious, our brain often fills in information in order to complete a picture and make it make sense. Daniel Schachter has a list that he calls the seven sins of memory, and we are all easily subject to these things. We have bias. We misattribute things. We block memories that we don't like. Our memories have transients and they can come and then they can go. Sometimes we have persistent memories that we want to forget or sometimes we are just plain old absent-minded. The amazing thing about our memory is that it is also subject to our past experience. What we perceive depends on our memory of past experiences. So unless you have a magical photographic memory, don't poop on yourself by needlessly thinking that your way is the only way. You cannot have the same understandings and feelings as others. So when someone frustrates you, be curious, not furious. Have a willingness to see through each other's eyes. It may not change or solve your problem, but it can change you. Fact number four, Egyptian vultures can use tools. With round-edged stones, they use hammers and they hammer away at ostrich eggs until they crack open. And once this work has been done, ravens sometimes swoop down and chase the vultures off and then steal it. And that's life for you. (laughs) 80 to 93% of people experience some form of communication anxiety. Jerry Seinfeld once said, the number one fear in life is public speaking, and the number two fear is death. This means if you go to a funeral, you're better off in the casket than giving the eulogy. Fear is a powerful tool. We have seen a lot of fear with this virus going around, and here I am talking about the fear to speak your mind the fear to speak up, or to engage in communications. Communication anxiety is a very real thing. And negative self-talk often reflects excessive worry, and it can bring on symptoms like headaches and sleeplessness and upset stomach. An interesting thing is that very few people are actually born with communication anxiety. But this excessive worry over what to say or how to word the perfect text or respond well to a Facebook post, or heck, even call someone on the phone. How often do we do that anymore? Physical communication is important. So if you aren't able to use your communication tools well right now, if you're feeling apprehensive about this change, or even if you need more social interaction and are hesitant to find new ways to connect, listen to these tools I want to share with you now. 
there is no such thing as a perfect communicator. (laughs) We all make mistakes. And most often the perceived fear of what's going to go wrong will never happen. You must assume that if someone doesn't like what you say or how you say it, it is that person's problem and not yours. Now, I'm not trying to be rude here. Use discretion. I'm not saying to go around saying everything on your mind. I am simply saying that people choose to be offended and that is their choice. Okay, fact number five. The turkey vulture does not have that nasal septum that separates the left and right nasal passages. So if you look at the side of their head, you can see right through their bills communication is almost like breathing. You usually don't stop to think about what it really is. Communication with others, especially with ourselves, is something most of us take for granted. You know how you see clear through this vulture's bill? You allow most people to see you through the way you communicate. It is the basis for feelings and ideas. Messages, once you say them, they cannot be erased. And even what you say to yourself in your head is extremely valuable and important. Once you verbalize those thoughts, they can become even more clear and real. This can be good, but it can also be bad. Sometimes when I say something out loud, I realize what a dumb idea it is. But then my stupid idea is out there and I can't take it back. Sometimes we say harsh things out loud and we can't take those back either. People see through to us by how we communicate and we all easily mirror the actions of those that are close to us we teach others how to treat us if you do nothing when you don't like something it's going to stay the same if you whine at your kids then chances are they're going to whine back today we were outside working in the yard and my husband was being silly and he said something to to my youngest but then he said griffin You can't see my face, but it was funny. And then our youngest, Raya, repeated it. And that was the only way she would refer to him in her little voice, Griffin. She saw that Griffin thought this was funny, so she continued to refer to him that way. Now, she was meaning this in a silly way, and so was Griffin and my husband, but that same instance has a totally different outcome when used in anger. So others see us by how we communicate and treat us accordingly. So block put downs when you hear them coming out of your mouth. Put your hand over your mouth if you have to. (laughs) If you don't like the response you keep getting from others, then change your reaction. But again, remember you can only change yours. And chances are other people's attitudes towards you will change. All right, my last and final fact, and then we'll have our wrap up. The Andean condor has the largest wing surface of any living bird. Tip to tip, the wingspan of this thing measures 10 and a half feet across. Some have a longer wingspan, but their wings are skinnier and the condor beats them all in total surface area. Now there is a lot to learn when discussing why or how we talk to ourselves, especially in this time, it is critical that we be patient with others and be patient with ourselves. But here is my wingtip to wingtip recap of what we've learned today. (laughs) There are two kinds of self-talk. Number one, 
focus on the positive and use encouraging self-talk. The more you do it, the more real it can become. Number two, humans are complicated creatures. We have many different selves and often we don't take time to understand them. So take time for yourself. Take time to understand your needs. Number three, be curious and not furious. We have amazing brains that sometimes don't serve us the best way. Don't assume that your way is the only way. Be flexible, be compassionate, and be willing to change. Number four, fear is a powerful tool. Good communication is a better one. There is no such thing as a perfect communicator and we all make mistakes. Most of what we fear is never going to happen. People choose to be offended and that is their choice. Number five, you allow people to see you and to know you and know how to treat you by the way you communicate. Verbalizing things makes them more real and you can't change other people, but you can change you. Guaranteed, Many things change when you have a willingness to change your inner voice and when you have a willingness to change how you communicate. Stay safe, my friends. Wash your hands, try to relax, and enjoy learning new ways of life. Nothing lasts forever, but how you feel about your situation starts with you. Again, my name is Jessica Herberts, and hopefully this helps you to navigate this crazy, beautiful, often obnoxious, but usually wonderful life of mental roads. You are listening to the Mental Roads podcast with host Jessica Herbert. This is episode 10, Stinkin' Vultures. I am Jessica Herbert, and you are listening to the Mental Roads Podcast, a podcast about learning from and getting through life's challenges. Hello, my fellow quarantined friends, and probably your kids too, since I know all of my children are home for a while right now. Our school district here in New Jersey has said they won't go back until April 20th, which I guess we'll see, but right now, that gives me and the kids about four weeks of navigating public school virtual learning. Note, I did not say homeschool. I have homeschooled, and that is a much different thing. We get to pick what we want, and when we turn it in, and we may be schooling at home, but it is very different than homeschooling, and kind of makes me miss it, honestly. Another crazy thing is that my husband is teleworking. He is an Air Force firefighter and usually would be considered mission critical and be at the fire station, but he's here in assignment teaching firefighters in different countries in Africa, so he is home as well. With all of the crazy going on, there is so much change in the way that we run our household. An even bigger change I've noticed is how we have to communicate with each other. In seemingly normal times, our communication feels easy, right? You know what makes this so difficult is that communication is not particularly easy. It is learned. And when our setting and our purpose change so drastically like they have recently, it can make things pretty stressful. (laughs) Online communications are through the roof because everyone is practicing social distancing and staying at home. There's a whole wealth of hilarious memes and celebrities are reading children's books. Zoos and museums are offering free live classes. 
my daughter's preschool had a Zoom meeting. It was weird and also the cutest Zoom meeting I have ever seen. (laughs) Through all of this, I feel this really weird mixture of relaxation and having more time to hang out with my family and also anticipation and anxiety over how everything is working in our home and in the world around me. During times like this, it feels like there isn't much we can do to change our situation. So to help, I just want to give you a few facts about vultures. (laughs) Why would learning about vultures help you? Well, just stick with me, okay? It made sense in my head, all right? Vultures, what are they? They are a relatively unattractive bird with naked heads and they walk funny and they have sharp pointy beaks and they tend to pick on the weak and the helpless and even the dead. But you know what? Vultures have some pretty unique and amazing qualities as well. They have value and while they still seem awkward and strange to most, what new and different things don't feel that way until you have clearly sought to learn and understand it? Now, psychological vultures are very similar. See what I'm doing here? Your inner monologue determines much of your external dialogue. And in turn, this affects how you react to whatever situation you are in. Our self-talk triggers nonverbal reactions. Your behavior, feelings, self-esteem, and even your stress levels are influenced by what's going on in your head. Self-talk helps you process who you are and how to deal with whatever is going on around you. So if you find yourself stressed or worried about stuff right now, let me teach you a little bit about vultures with some fun facts I found on mentalfloss.com and how to either defeat or make your vultures work for you. Okay, fact number one. Vultures are divided into two major groups, and they are not closely related. With the exception of Australia and Antarctica, every continent has some sort of vulture population. There are 23 living species in the world. We have old world vultures and new world vultures. And genetic evidence tells us that these birds aren't close relatives. They independently evolved, and they simply look similar. Now, positive and negative self-talk are much the same. We always relate them together, even sometimes believe the negative things we say, and you continually communicate with yourself awake or not. Positive and negative thoughts can feel the same, and they evolve in similar ways, and self-talk can work for you or against you. It's the one that you choose to focus on that leads your actions. Now, right now there's a lot of change in our daily routines and it's easy to feel like you can't do something or like something is really hard. Do not fear your weaknesses. See them as needs, areas where you can grow and change. And the best way to combat this vulture is to pat yourself on the back. Say something good about yourself or your situation. When you choose to focus on the positive, the negative goes away. Use positive self-talk. Okay, fact number two. Vultures are bald. 
They have little or no feathers on their heads and their necks. And historically, it was believed that this was a sanitary measures because if they had facial feathers, they would get drenched in blood and ickiness at mealtime. But it turns out their bald heads actually offer another advantage. Researchers have found that on hot days, vultures tend to stick their necks out and in cold weather, they tuck their heads under their wings. These guys actually regulate their body temperature with their skin because it rapidly loses heat. So this trick comes in handy because a lot of them deal with some extreme daily temperatures in their different habitats. Now, in my communications class, my textbook said that most of us only have a general idea of who we are and even what we believe in. It is easy to not understand why we think certain thoughts or are motivated in certain ways. We usually don't even think about it. And when I first read this, I admit I was slightly offended. Maybe you feel the same way, just like it appears obvious that a vulture doesn't have feathers for cleanliness. I also, in most ways, feel like I know who I am. But here's the thing. We have many different selves. We have an ideal self, one that we feel like we would be if we did everything perfect and everything exactly right. And then we have our should self, what we measure ourselves against and what we think we should do. Then we have our public self, our person that we act like in front of our husband or our children or in front of our friends or even online. They can all be a little bit different. Then we have our real self. And this is what we think of ourselves when we're being honest about our interests and our thoughts, our emotions and our needs. Our idealized should public and real self all blend together to form our self-concept or our understanding of ourselves. So especially in this time, seek to understand yourself. Learn more about the you who carries on your self-talk. There are a lot of things in this life we can't change, but the one thing we can control is ourselves. It may be difficult, especially right now, but take the time to engage in self-care. Make time for you. Okay, fact three is a little weird. Vultures poop on themselves. Just like their bald heads, they don't have any feathers on their feet and their legs, which gets rid of excess body heat. And sometimes to aid with this, some species actually poop on their legs and allow liquid to evaporate, which cools their skin. But this also serves an additional purpose. Because of their diet, their poop is highly acidic and it acts as a disinfectant for their feet, which gets rid of harmful bacteria they pick up while hopping around on animal carcasses. (laughs) Here's the thing. Humans have wonderful memories, but we have relatively short memories. We remember best right after an event, but but pretty soon after that, we forget things. And even more serious, our brain often fills in information in order to complete a picture and make it make sense. Daniel Schachter has a list that he calls the seven sins of memory, and we are all easily subject to these things. We have bias. We misattribute things. We block memories that we don't like. 
Our memories have transience and they can come and then they can go. Sometimes we have persistent memories that we want to forget, or sometimes we are just plain old absent-minded. The amazing thing about our memory is that it is also subject to our past experience. What we perceive depends on our memory of past experiences. So unless you have a magical photographic memory, don't poop on yourself by needlessly thinking that your way is the only way. You cannot have the same understandings and feelings as others. So when someone frustrates you, be curious, not furious. Have a willingness to see through each other's eyes. It may not change or solve your problem, but it can change you. Fact number four, Egyptian vultures can use tools. With round-edged stones, they use hammers and they hammer away at ostrich eggs until they crack open. And once this work has been done, ravens sometimes swoop down and chase the vultures off and then steal it. And that's life for you. (laughs) 80 to 93% of people experience some form of communication anxiety. Jerry Seinfeld once said, the number one fear in life is public speaking, and the number two fear is death. This means if you go to a funeral, you're better off in the casket than giving the eulogy. Fear is a powerful tool. We have seen a lot of fear with this virus going around. And here I am talking about the fear to speak your mind, the fear to speak up or to engage in communications. Communication anxiety is a very real thing. And negative self-talk often reflects excessive worry and it can bring on symptoms like headaches and sleeplessness and upset stomach. An interesting thing is that very few people are actually born with communication anxiety. But this excessive worry over what to say or how to word the perfect text or respond well to a Facebook post or... Heck, even call someone on the phone. How often do we do that anymore? Physical communication is important. So if you aren't able to use your communication tools well right now, if you're feeling apprehensive about this change, or even if you need more social interaction and are hesitant to find new ways to connect, listen to these tools I want to share with you now. There is no such thing as a perfect communicator. (laughs) We all make mistakes, and most often the perceived fear of what's going to go wrong will never happen. You must assume that if someone doesn't like what you say or how you say it, it is that person's problem and not yours. Now, I'm not trying to be rude here. Use discretion. I'm not saying to go around saying everything on your mind. I am simply saying that people choose to be offended, and that is their choice. Okay, fact number five, the turkey vulture does not have that nasal septum that separates the left and right nasal passages. So if you look at the side of their head, you can see right through their bills. Communication is almost like breathing. You usually don't stop to think about what it really is. Communication with others, especially with ourselves, is something most of us take for granted. You know how you see clear through this vulture's bill? You allow most people to see you through the way you communicate. It is the basis 
for feelings and ideas. Messages, once you say them, they cannot be erased. And even what you say to yourself in your head is extremely valuable and important. Once you verbalize those thoughts, they can become even more clear and real. This can be good, but it can also be bad. Sometimes when I say something out loud, I realize what a dumb idea it is. But then my stupid idea is out there and I can't take it back. Sometimes we say harsh things out loud and we can't take those back either. People see through to us by how we communicate. And we all easily mirror the actions of those that are close to us. We teach others how to treat us. If you do nothing when you don't like something, it's going to stay the same. If you whine at your kids, then chances are they're going to whine back. Today we were outside working in the yard and my husband was being silly and he said something to to my youngest, but then he said, Griffin, you can't see my face, but it was funny. And then our youngest Raya repeated it. And that was the only way she would refer to him in her little voice, Griffin. She saw that Griffin thought this was funny. So she continued to refer to him that way. Now, she was meaning this in a silly way, and so was Griffin and my husband, but that same instance has a totally different outcome when used in anger. So others see us by how we communicate and treat us accordingly. So block put-downs when you hear them coming out of your mouth. Put your hand over your mouth if you have to. (laughs) If you don't like the response you keep getting from others, then change your reaction. But again, remember you can only change yours, and chances are... Other people's attitudes towards you will change. All right, my last and final fact, and then we'll have our wrap up. The Andean condor has the largest wing surface of any living bird. Tip to tip, the wingspan of this thing measures 10 and a half feet across. Some have a longer wingspan, but their wings are skinnier and the condor beats them all in total surface area. Now, there is a lot to learn when discussing why or how we talk to ourselves, especially in this time. It is critical that we be patient with others and be patient with ourselves. But here is my wingtip to wingtip recap of what we've learned today. (laughs) There are two kinds of self-talk. Number one, focus on the positive and use encouraging self-talk. The more you do it, the more real it can become. Number two, humans are complicated creatures. We have many different selves and often we don't take time to understand them. So take time for yourself. Take time to understand your needs. Number three, be curious and not furious. We have amazing brains that sometimes don't serve us the best way. Don't assume that your way is the only way. Be flexible, be compassionate, and be willing to change. Number four, fear is a powerful tool. Good communication is a better one. There is no such thing as a perfect communicator and we all make mistakes. Most of what we fear is never going to (laughs) happen. People choose to be offended and that is their choice. Number five, you allow people to see you and to know you and know how to treat you by the way you communicate. Verbalizing things makes them more real and you can't change other people, but you can change you. Guaranteed. Many things change when you have a willingness to change your inner voice and when you have a willingness to change how you communicate. Stay safe, my friends. Wash your hands, try to relax, and enjoy learning new ways of life. 
nothing lasts forever, but how you feel about your situation starts with you. Again, my name is Jessica Herberts, and hopefully this helps you to navigate this crazy, beautiful, often obnoxious, but usually wonderful life of mental roads. You are listening to the Mental Roads Podcast with host Jessica Herbert. This is episode 10, Stinkin' Vultures. Hello, I am Jessica Herbert, and you are listening to the Mental Roads Podcast, a podcast about learning from and getting through life's challenges. Hello, my fellow quarantined friends, and probably your kids too, since I know all of my children are home for a while right now. Our school district here in New Jersey has said they won't go back until April 20th, which I guess we'll see. But right now, that gives me and the kids about four weeks of navigating public school virtual learning. Note, I did not say homeschool. I have homeschooled, and that is a much different thing. We get to pick what we want, and when we turn it in, and... We may be schooling at home, but it is very different than homeschooling and kind of makes me miss it, honestly. Another crazy thing is that my husband is teleworking. He is an Air Force firefighter and usually would be considered mission critical and be at the fire station, but he's here in assignment teaching firefighters in different countries in Africa, so he is home as well. With all of the crazy going on, there is so much change in the way that we run our household. An even bigger change I've noticed is how we have to communicate with each other. In seemingly normal times, our communication feels easy, right? You know what makes this so difficult is that communication is not particularly easy. It is learned. And when our setting and our purpose change so drastically like they have recently, it can make things pretty stressful, (laughs) Online communications are through the roof because everyone is practicing social distancing and staying at home. There's a whole wealth of hilarious memes and celebrities are reading children's books. Zoos and museums are offering free live classes. My daughter's preschool had a Zoom meeting. It was weird and also the cutest Zoom meeting I have ever seen. (laughs) Through all of this, I feel this really weird mixture of relaxation and having more time to hang out with my family and also anticipation and anxiety over how everything is working in our home and in the world around me. During times like this, it feels like there isn't much we can do to change our situation. So to help, I just want to give you a few facts about vultures. Why would learning about vultures help you? Well, just stick with me, okay? It made sense in my head. All right, vultures, what are they? They are a relatively unattractive bird with naked heads and they walk funny and they have sharp pointy beaks and they tend to pick on the weak and the helpless and even the dead. But you know what? Vultures have some pretty unique and amazing qualities as well. They have value and while they still seem awkward and strange to most, what new and different things don't feel that way until you have clearly sought to learn and understand it? Now, psychological vultures are very similar. See what I'm doing here? Your 
inner monologue determines much of your external dialogue. And in turn, this affects how you react to whatever situation you are in. Our self-talk triggers nonverbal reactions. Your behavior, feelings, self-esteem, and even your stress levels are influenced by what's going on in your head. Self-talk helps you process who you are and how to deal with whatever is going on around you. So if you find yourself stressed or worried about stuff right now, let me teach you a little bit about vultures with some fun facts I found on mentalfloss.com and how to either defeat or make your vultures work for you. Okay, fact number one. Vultures are divided into two major groups and they are not closely related. With the exception of Australia and Antarctica, every continent has some sort of vulture population. There are 23 living species in the world. We have old world vultures and new world vultures. And genetic evidence tells us that these birds aren't close relatives. They independently evolved and they simply look similar. Now, positive and negative self-talk are much the same. We always relate them together, even sometimes believe the negative things we say, and you continually communicate with yourself awake or not. Positive and negative thoughts can feel the same, and they evolve in similar ways, and self-talk can work for you or against you. It's the one that you choose to focus on that leads your actions. Now, right now there's a lot of change in our daily routines and it's easy to feel like you can't do something or like something is really hard. Do not fear your weaknesses. See them as needs, areas where you can grow and change. And the best way to combat this vulture is to pat yourself on the back. Say something good about yourself or your situation. When you choose to focus on the positive, the negative goes away. Use positive self-talk. Okay, fact number two. Vultures are bald. They have little or no feathers on their heads and their necks. And historically, it was believed that this was a sanitary measures because if they had facial feathers, they would get drenched in blood and ickiness at mealtime. But it turns out their bald heads actually offer another advantage. Researchers have found that on hot days, vultures tend to stick their necks out, and in cold weather, they tuck their heads under their wings. These guys actually regulate their body temperature with their skin because it rapidly loses heat. So this trick comes in handy because a lot of them deal with some extreme daily temperatures in their different habitats. Now... In my communications class, my textbook said that most of us only have a general idea of who we are and even what we believe in. It is easy to not understand why we think certain thoughts or are motivated in certain ways. We usually don't even think about it. And when I first read this, I admit I was slightly offended. Maybe you feel the same way, just like it appears obvious that a vulture doesn't have feathers for cleanliness, I also in most ways feel like I know who I am. But here's the thing. We have many different selves. We have an ideal self. 
one that we feel like we would be if we did everything perfect and everything exactly right. And then we have our should self, what we measure ourselves against and what we think we should do. Then we have our public self, our person that we act like in front of our husband or our children or in front of our friends or even online. They can all be a little bit different. Then we have our real self. And this is what we think of ourselves when we're being honest about our interests and our thoughts, our emotions and our needs. Our idealized should public and real self all blend together to form our self-concept or our understanding of ourselves. So especially in this time, seek to understand yourself. Learn more about the you who carries on your self-talk. There are a lot of things in this life we can't change, but the one thing we can control is ourselves. It may be difficult, especially right now, but take the time to engage in self-care. Make time for you. Okay, fact three is a little weird. Vultures poop on themselves. Just like their bald heads, they don't have any feathers on their feet and their legs, which gets rid of excess body heat. And sometimes to aid with this, some species actually poop on their legs and allow liquid to evaporate, which cools their skin. But this also serves an additional purpose. Because of their diet, their poop is highly acidic and it acts as a disinfectant for their feet, which gets rid of harmful bacteria they pick up while hopping around on animal carcasses. (laughs) Here's the thing. Humans have wonderful memories, but we have relatively short memories. We remember best right after an event, but, but pretty soon after that, we forget things. And even more serious, our brain often fills in information in order to complete a picture and make it make sense. Daniel Schachter has a list that he calls the seven sins of memory, and we are all easily subject to these things. We have bias. We misattribute things. We block memories that we don't like. Our memories have transience, and they can come, and then they can go. Sometimes we have persistent memories that we want to forget, or sometimes we are just plain old absent-minded. The amazing thing about our memory is that it is also subject to our past experience. What we perceive depends on our memory of past experiences. So unless you have a magical photographic memory, don't poop on yourself by needlessly thinking that your way is the only way. You cannot have the same understandings and feelings as others. So when someone frustrates you, Be curious, not furious. Have a willingness to see through each other's eyes. It may not change or solve your problem, but it can change you. Fact number four, Egyptian vultures can use tools. With round-edged stones, they use hammers and they hammer away at ostrich eggs until they crack open. And once this work has been done, Ravens sometimes swoop down and chase the vultures off and then steal it. And that's life for you. (laughs) 80 to 93% of people experience some form of communication anxiety. 
Jerry Seinfeld once said, the number one fear in life is public speaking, and the number two fear is death. This means if you go to a funeral, you're better off in the casket than giving the eulogy. Fear is a powerful tool. We have seen a lot of fear with this virus going around, and here I am talking about the fear to speak your mind the fear to speak up, or to engage in communications. Communication anxiety is a very real thing. And negative self-talk often reflects excessive worry, and it can bring on symptoms like headaches and sleeplessness and upset stomach. An interesting thing is that very few people are actually born with communication anxiety. But this excessive worry over what to say or how to word the perfect text or respond well to a Facebook post, or heck, even call someone on the phone. How often do we do that anymore? Physical communication is important. So if you aren't able to use your communication tools well right now, if you're feeling apprehensive about this change, or even if you need more social interaction and are hesitant to find new ways to connect, listen to these tools I want to share with you now. There is no such thing as a perfect communicator. (laughs) We all make mistakes. And most often the perceived fear of what's going to go wrong will never happen. You must assume that if someone doesn't like what you say or how you say it, it is that person's problem and not yours. Now, I'm not trying to be rude here. Use discretion. (laughs) I'm not saying to go around saying everything on your mind. I am simply saying that people choose to be offended and that is their choice. Okay, fact number five. The turkey vulture does not have that nasal septum that separates the left and right nasal passages. So if you look at the side of their head, you can see right through their bills. Communication is almost like breathing. You usually don't stop to think about what it really is. Communication with others, especially with ourselves, is something most of us take for granted. You know how you see clear through this vulture's bill? You allow most people to see you through the way you communicate. It is the basis for feelings and ideas. Messages, once you say them, they cannot be erased. And even what you say to yourself in your head is extremely valuable and important. Once you verbalize those thoughts, they can become even more clear and real. This can be good, but it can also be bad. Sometimes when I say something out loud, I realize what a dumb idea it is. But then my stupid idea is out there and I can't take it back. Sometimes we say harsh things out loud and we can't take those back either. People see through to us by how we communicate. And we all easily mirror the actions of those that are close to us. We teach others how to treat us. If you do nothing when you don't like something, it's going to stay the same. If you whine at your kids, then chances are they're going to whine back. Today we were outside working in the yard, and my husband was being silly, and he said something to to my youngest, but then he said, Griffin? You can't see my face, but it was funny. And then our youngest, Raya, repeated it. And that was the only way she would refer to him in her little voice, Griffin. 
She saw that Griffin thought this was funny, so she continued to refer to him that way. Now, she was meaning this in a silly way, and so was Griffin and my husband, but that same instance has a totally different outcome when used in anger. So others see us by how we communicate and treat us accordingly. So block put downs when you hear them coming out of your mouth. Put your hand over your mouth if you have to. (laughs) If you don't like the response you keep getting from others, then change your reaction. But again, remember you can only change yours and chances are other people's attitudes towards you will change. All right, my last and final fact, and then we'll have our wrap up. The Andean condor has the largest wing surface of any living bird. Tip to tip, the wingspan of this thing measures 10 and a half feet across. Some have a longer wingspan, but their wings are skinnier and the condor beats them all in total surface area. Now there is a lot to learn when discussing why or how we talk to ourselves, especially in this time. It is critical that we be patient with others and be patient with ourselves. But here is my wingtip to wingtip recap of what we've learned today. <laughs> there are two kinds of self-talk. Number one, focus on the positive and use encouraging self-talk. The more you do it, the more real it can become. Number two. Humans are complicated creatures. We have many different selves and often we don't take time to understand them. So take time for yourself. Take time to understand your needs. Number three, be curious and not furious. We have amazing brains that sometimes don't serve us the best way. Don't assume that your way is the only way. Be flexible, be compassionate, and be willing to change. Number four, fear is a powerful tool. Good communication is a better one. There is no such thing as a perfect communicator and we all make mistakes. Most of what we fear is never going to (laughs) happen. People choose to be offended and that is their choice. Number five, you allow people to see you and to know you and know how to treat you by the way you communicate. Verbalizing things makes them more real and you can't change other people, but you can change you. Guaranteed. Many things change when you have a willingness to change your inner voice and when you have a willingness to change how you communicate. Stay safe, my friends. Wash your hands, try to relax, and enjoy learning new ways of life. Nothing lasts forever, but how you feel about your situation starts with you. Again, my name is Jessica Herberts, and hopefully this helps you to navigate this crazy, beautiful, often obnoxious, but usually wonderful life of mental roads. You are listening to the Mental Roads podcast with host Jessica Herbert. This is episode 10, Stinkin' Vultures. I am Jessica Herbert, and you are listening to the Mental Roads Podcast, a podcast about learning from and getting through life's challenges. Hello, my fellow quarantined friends, and probably your kids too, since I know all of my children are home for a while right now. Our school district here in New Jersey has said they won't go back until April 20th, which 
I guess we'll see. But right now, that gives me and the kids about four weeks of navigating public school virtual learning. Note, I did not say homeschool. I have homeschooled, and that is a much different thing. We get to pick what we want and when we turn it in. And we may be schooling at home, but it is very different than homeschooling and kind of makes me miss it, honestly. Another crazy thing is that my husband is teleworking. He is an Air Force firefighter and usually would be considered mission critical and be at the fire station. But he's here in assignment teaching firefighters in different countries in Africa. So he is home as well. With all of the crazy going on, there is so much change in the way that we run our household. An even bigger change I've noticed is how we have to communicate with each other. In seemingly normal times, our communication feels easy, right? You know what makes this so difficult is that communication is not particularly easy. It is learned. And when our setting and our purpose change so drastically like they have recently, it can make things pretty stressful. (laughs) Online communications are through the roof because everyone is practicing social distancing and staying at home. There's a whole wealth of hilarious memes and celebrities are reading children's books. Zoos and museums are offering free live classes. My daughter's preschool had a Zoom meeting. It was weird and also the cutest Zoom meeting I have ever seen. (laughs) Through all of this, I feel this really weird mixture of relaxation and having more time to hang out with my family and also anticipation and anxiety over how everything is working in our home and in the world around me. During times like this, it feels like there isn't much we can do to change our situation. So to help, I just want to give you a few facts about vultures. (laughs) Why would learning about vultures help you? Well, just stick with me, okay? It made sense in my head. All right, vultures. What are they? They are a relatively unattractive bird with naked heads and they walk funny and they have sharp pointy beaks and they tend to pick on the weak and the helpless and even the dead. But you know what? Vultures have some pretty unique and amazing qualities as well. They have value and while they still seem awkward and strange to most, what new and different things don't feel that way until you have clearly sought to learn and understand it? Now, psychological vultures are very similar. See what I'm doing here? Your inner monologue determines much of your external dialogue. And in turn, this affects how you react to whatever situation you are in. Our self-talk triggers nonverbal reactions. Your behavior, feelings, self-esteem, and even your stress levels are influenced by what's going on in your head. Self-talk helps you process who you are and how to deal with whatever is going on around you. So if you find yourself stressed or worried about stuff right now, let me teach you a little bit about vultures with some fun facts I found on mentalfloss.com and how to either defeat or make your vultures work for you. Okay, fact number one. Vultures are divided into two major groups, and they are not closely related. With the exception of Australia and Antarctica, every continent has some sort of vulture population. There are 23 living species in the world. We have old world vultures and new world vultures. 
and genetic evidence tells us that these birds aren't close relatives. They independently evolved, and they simply look similar. Now, positive and negative self-talk are much the same. We always relate them together, even sometimes believe the negative things we say, and you continually communicate with yourself awake or not. Positive and negative thoughts can feel the same, and they evolve in similar ways, and self-talk can work for you or against you. It's the one that you choose to focus on that leads your actions. Now, right now there's a lot of change in our daily routines and it's easy to feel like you can't do something or like something is really hard. Do not fear your weaknesses. See them as needs, areas where you can grow and change. And the best way to combat this vulture is to pat yourself on the back. Say something good about yourself or your situation. When you choose to focus on the positive, the negative goes away. Use positive self-talk. Okay, fact number two. Vultures are bald. They have little or no feathers on their heads and their necks. And historically, it was believed that this was a sanitary measures because if they had facial feathers, they would get drenched in blood and ickiness at mealtime. But it turns out their bald heads actually offer another advantage. Researchers have found that on hot days, vultures tend to stick their necks out, and in cold weather, they tuck their heads under their wings. These guys actually regulate their body temperature with their skin because it rapidly loses heat. So this trick comes in handy because a lot of them deal with some extreme daily temperatures in their different habitats. Now... In my communications class, my textbook said that most of us only have a general idea of who we are and even what we believe in. It is easy to not understand why we think certain thoughts or are motivated in certain ways. We usually don't even think about it. And when I first read this, I admit I was slightly offended. Maybe you feel the same way, just like it appears obvious that a vulture doesn't have feathers for cleanliness, I also in most ways feel like I know who I am. But here's the thing. We have many different selves. We have an ideal self, one that we feel like we would be if we did everything perfect and everything exactly right. And then we have our should self, what we measure ourselves against and what we think we should do. Then we have our public self, our person that we act like in front of our husband or our children or in front of our friends or even online. They can all be a little bit different. Then we have our real self. And this is what we think of ourselves when we're being honest about our interests and our thoughts, our emotions and our needs. Our idealized should public and real self all blend together to form our self-concept or our understanding of ourselves. So especially in this time, seek to understand yourself. Learn more about the you who carries on your self-talk. There are a lot of things in this life we can't change, but the one thing we can control is ourselves. It may be difficult, especially right now, but take the time to engage in self-care. Make time for you. Okay, 
fact three is a little weird, vultures poop on themselves. Just like their bald heads, they don't have any feathers on their feet and their legs, which gets rid of excess body heat. And sometimes to aid with this, some species actually poop on their legs and allow liquid to evaporate, which cools their skin. But this also serves an additional purpose. Because of their diet, their poop is highly acidic and it acts as a disinfectant for their feet, which gets rid of harmful bacteria they pick up while hopping around on animal carcasses. <laughs> Here's the thing. Humans have wonderful memories, but we have relatively short memories. We remember best right after an event, but but pretty soon after that, we forget things. And even more serious, our brain often fills in information in order to complete a picture and make it make sense. Daniel Schachter has a list that he calls the seven sins of memory, and we are all easily subject to these things. We have bias. We misattribute things. We block memories that we don't like. Our memories have transients, and they can come, and then they can go. Sometimes we have persistent memories that we want to forget, or sometimes we are just plain old absent-minded. The amazing thing about our memory is that it is also subject to our past experience. What we perceive depends on our memory of past experiences. So unless you have a magical photographic memory, don't poop on yourself by needlessly thinking that your way is the only way. You cannot have the same understandings and feelings as others. So when someone frustrates you, be curious, not furious. Have a willingness to see through each other's eyes. It may not change or solve your problem, but it can change you. Fact number four, Egyptian vultures can use tools. With round-edged stones, they use hammers and they hammer away at ostrich eggs until they crack open. And once this work has been done, Ravens sometimes swoop down and chase the vultures off and then steal it. And that's life for you. <laughs> 80 to 93% of people experience some form of communication anxiety. Jerry Seinfeld once said, the number one fear in life is public speaking and the number two fear is death. This means if you go to a funeral, you're better off in the casket than giving the eulogy. Fear is a powerful tool. We have seen a lot of fear with this virus going around. And here I am talking about the fear to speak your mind, the fear to speak up or to engage in communications. Communication anxiety is a very real thing. And negative self-talk often reflects excessive worry and it can bring on symptoms like headaches and sleeplessness and upset stomach. An interesting thing is that very few people are actually born with communication anxiety. But this excessive worry over what to say or how to word the perfect text or respond well to a Facebook post or, heck, even call someone on the phone. How often do we do that anymore? Physical communication is important. So if you aren't able to use your communication tools well right now, if you're feeling apprehensive about this change, or even if you need more social interaction and are hesitant to find new ways to connect, listen to these tools I want to share with you now. 
there is no such thing as a perfect communicator. (laughs) We all make mistakes. And most often the perceived fear of what's going to go wrong will never happen. You must assume that if someone doesn't like what you say or how you say it, it is that person's problem and not yours. Now, I'm not trying to be rude here. Use discretion. I'm not saying to go around saying everything on your mind. I am simply saying that people choose to be offended and that is their choice. Okay, fact number five. The turkey vulture does not have that nasal septum that separates the left and right nasal passages. So if you look at the side of their head, you can see right through their bills. Communication is almost like breathing. You usually don't stop to think about what it really is. Communication with others, especially with ourselves, is something most of us take for granted. You know how you see clear through this vulture's bill? You allow most people to see you through the way you communicate. It is the basis for feelings and ideas. Messages, once you say them, they cannot be erased. And even what you say to yourself in your head is extremely valuable and important. Once you verbalize those thoughts, they can become even more clear and real. This can be good, but it can also be bad. Sometimes when I say something out loud, I realize what a dumb idea it is. But then my stupid idea is out there and I can't take it back. Sometimes we say harsh things out loud and we can't take those back either. People see through to us by how we communicate. And we all easily mirror the actions of those that are close to us. We teach others how to treat us. If you do nothing when you don't like something, it's going to stay the same. If you whine at your kids, then chances are they're going to whine back. Today we were outside working in the yard and my husband was being silly and he said something to to my youngest, but then he said, Griffin? You can't see my face, but it was funny. And then our youngest, Raya, repeated it. And that was the only way she would refer to him in her little voice, Griffin. She saw that Griffin thought this was funny, so she continued to refer to him that way. Now, she was meaning this in a silly way, and so was Griffin and my husband, but that same instance has a totally different outcome when used in anger. So others see us by how we communicate and treat us accordingly. So block put-downs when you hear them coming out of your mouth. Put your hand over your mouth if you have to. (laughs) If you don't like the response you keep getting from others, then change your reaction. But again, remember you can only change yours. And chances are other people's attitudes towards you will change. All right, my last and final fact, and then we'll have our wrap up. The Andean condor has the largest wing surface of any living bird. Tip to tip, the wingspan of this thing measures 10 and a half feet across. Some have a longer wingspan, but their wings are skinnier and the condor beats them all in total surface area. Now, there is a lot to learn when discussing why or how we talk to ourselves, especially in this time. It is critical that we be patient with others and be patient with ourselves. But here is my wingtip to wingtip recap of what we've learned today. (laughs) There are two kinds of self-talk. Number one, 
focus on the positive and use encouraging self-talk. The more you do it, the more real it can become. Number two, humans are complicated creatures. We have many different selves and often we don't take time to understand them. So take time for yourself. Take time to understand your needs. Number three, be curious and not furious. We have amazing brains that sometimes don't serve us the best way. Don't assume that your way is the only way. Be flexible, be compassionate, and be willing to change. Number four, fear is a powerful tool. Good communication is a better one. There is no such thing as a perfect communicator, and we all make mistakes. Most of what we fear is never going to (laughs) happen. People choose to be offended, and that is their choice. Number five, you allow people to see you and to know you and know how to treat you by the way you communicate. Verbalizing things makes them more real, and you can't change other people, but you can change you. Guaranteed, many things change when you have a willingness to change your inner voice and when you have a willingness to change how you communicate. Stay safe, my friends. Wash your hands, try to relax, and enjoy learning new ways of life. Nothing lasts forever, but... How you feel about your situation starts with you. Again, my name is Jessica Herberts, and hopefully this helps you to navigate this crazy, beautiful, often obnoxious, but usually wonderful life of mental roads. You are listening to the Mental Roads Podcast with host Jessica Herbert. This is episode 10, Stinkin' Vultures. Hello, I am Jessica Herbert, and you are listening to the Mental Roads Podcast, a podcast about learning from and getting through life's challenges. Hello, my fellow quarantined friends, and probably your kids too, since I know all of my children are home for a while right now. Our school district here in New Jersey has said they won't go back until April 20th, which I guess we'll see. But right now, that gives me and the kids about four weeks of navigating public school virtual learning. Note, I did not say homeschool. I have homeschooled, and that is a much different thing. We get to pick what we want, and when we turn it in, and... We may be schooling at home, but it is very different than homeschooling and kind of makes me miss it, honestly. Another crazy thing is that my husband is teleworking. He is an Air Force firefighter and usually would be considered mission critical and be at the fire station, but he's here in assignment teaching firefighters in different countries in Africa, so he is home as well. With all of the crazy going on, there is so much change in the way that we run our household. An even bigger change I've noticed is how we have to communicate with each other. In seemingly normal times, our communication feels easy, right? You know what makes this so difficult is that communication is not particularly easy. It is learned. And when our setting and our purpose change so drastically like they have recently, it can make things pretty stressful, (laughs) Online communications are through the roof because everyone is practicing social distancing and staying at home. There's a whole wealth of hilarious memes and celebrities are reading children's books. Zoos and museums are offering free live classes. 
my daughter's preschool had a Zoom meeting. It was weird and also the cutest Zoom meeting I have ever seen. (laughs) Through all of this, I feel this really weird mixture of relaxation and having more time to hang out with my family and also anticipation and anxiety over how everything is working in our home and in the world around me. During times like this, it feels like there isn't much we can do to change our situation. So to help, I just want to give you a few facts about vultures. (laughs) Why would learning about vultures help you? Well, just stick with me, okay? It made sense in my head, all right? Vultures, what are they? They are a relatively unattractive bird with naked heads and they walk funny and they have sharp pointy beaks and they tend to pick on the weak and the helpless and even the dead. But you know what? Vultures have some pretty unique and amazing qualities as well. They have value and while they still seem awkward and strange to most, what new and different things don't feel that way until you have clearly sought to learn and understand it? Now, psychological vultures are very similar. See what I'm doing here? Your inner monologue determines much of your external dialogue. And in turn, this affects how you react to whatever situation you are in. Our self-talk triggers nonverbal reactions. Your behavior, feelings, self-esteem, and even your stress levels are influenced by what's going on in your head. Self-talk helps you process who you are and how to deal with whatever is going on around you. So if you find yourself stressed or worried about stuff right now, let me teach you a little bit about vultures with some fun facts I found on mentalfloss.com and how to either defeat or make your vultures work for you. Okay, fact number one. Vultures are divided into two major groups, and they are not closely related. With the exception of Australia and Antarctica, every continent has some sort of vulture population. There are 23 living species in the world. We have old world vultures and new world vultures. And genetic evidence tells us that these birds aren't close relatives. They independently evolved, and they simply look similar. Now, positive and negative self-talk are much the same. We always relate them together, even sometimes believe the negative things we say, and you continually communicate with yourself awake or not. Positive and negative thoughts can feel the same, and they evolve in similar ways, and self-talk can work for you or against you. It's the one that you choose to focus on that leads your actions. Now, right now there's a lot of change in our daily routines and it's easy to feel like you can't do something or like something is really hard. Do not fear your weaknesses. See them as needs, areas where you can grow and change. And the best way to combat this vulture is to pat yourself on the back. Say something good about yourself or your situation. When you choose to focus on the positive, the negative goes away. Use positive self-talk. Okay, fact number two. Vultures are bald. 
They have little or no feathers on their heads and their necks. And historically, it was believed that this was as sanitary measures because if they had facial feathers, they would get drenched in blood and ickiness at mealtime. But it turns out their bald heads actually offer another advantage. Researchers have found that on hot days, vultures tend to stick their necks out and in cold weather, they tuck their heads under their wings. These guys actually regulate their body temperature with their skin because it rapidly loses heat. So this trick comes in handy because a lot of them deal with some extreme daily temperatures in their different habitats. Now, in my communications class, my textbook said that most of us only have a general idea of who we are and even what we believe in. It is easy to not understand why we think certain thoughts or are motivated in certain ways. We usually don't even think about it. And when I first read this, I admit I was slightly offended. Maybe you feel the same way, just like it appears obvious that a vulture doesn't have feathers for cleanliness. I also, in most ways, feel like I know who I am. But here's the thing. We have many different selves. We have an ideal self One that we feel like we would be if we did everything perfect and everything exactly right. And then we have our should self, what we measure ourself against and what we think we should do. Then we have our public self, our person that we act like in front of our husband or our children or in front of our friends or even online. They can all be a little bit different. Then we have our real self. And this is what we think of ourselves when we're being honest about our interests and our thoughts, our emotions and our needs. Our idealized, should, public, and real self all blend together to form our self-concept or our understanding of ourselves. So especially in this time, seek to understand yourself. Learn more about the you who carries on your self-talk. There are a lot of things in this life we can't change, but the one thing we can control is ourselves. It may be difficult, especially right now, but take the time to engage in self-care. Make time for you. Okay, fact three is a little weird. Vultures poop on themselves. Just like their bald heads, they don't have any feathers on their feet and their legs, which gets rid of excess body heat. And sometimes to aid with this, some species actually poop on their legs and allow liquid to evaporate, which cools their skin. But this also serves an additional purpose. Because of their diet, their poop is highly acidic and it acts as a disinfectant for their feet, which gets rid of harmful bacteria they pick up while hopping around on animal carcasses. (laughs) Here's the thing. Humans have wonderful memories, but we have relatively short memories. We remember best right after an event, but, but pretty soon after that, we forget things. And even more serious, our brain often fills in information in order to complete a picture and make it make sense. Daniel Schachter has a list that he calls the seven sins of memory, and we are all easily subject to these things. We have bias. We misattribute things. We block memories that we don't like. 
our memories have transience and they can come and then they can go. Sometimes we have persistent memories that we want to forget, or sometimes we are just plain old absent-minded. The amazing thing about our memory is that it is also subject to our past experience. What we perceive depends on our memory of past experiences. So unless you have a magical photographic memory, don't poop on yourself by needlessly thinking that your way is the only way. You cannot have the same understandings and feelings as others. So when someone frustrates you, be curious, not furious. Have a willingness to see through each other's eyes. It may not change or solve your problem, but it can change you. Fact number four, Egyptian vultures can use tools. With round-edged stones, they use hammers and they hammer away at ostrich eggs until they crack open. And once this work has been done, ravens sometimes swoop down and chase the vultures off and then steal it. And that's life for you. (laughs) 80 to 93% of people experience some form of communication anxiety. Jerry Seinfeld once said, the number one fear in life is public speaking, and the number two fear is death. This means if you go to a funeral, you're better off in the casket than giving the eulogy. Fear is a powerful tool. We have seen a lot of fear with this virus going around. And here I am talking about the fear to speak your mind, the fear to speak up or to engage in communications. Communication anxiety is a very real thing. And negative self-talk often reflects excessive worry and it can bring on symptoms like headaches and sleeplessness and upset stomach. An interesting thing is that very few people are actually born with communication anxiety. But this excessive worry over what to say or how to word the perfect text or respond well to a Facebook post or... Heck, even call someone on the phone. How often do we do that anymore? Physical communication is important. So if you aren't able to use your communication tools well right now, if you're feeling apprehensive about this change, or even if you need more social interaction and are hesitant to find new ways to connect, listen to these tools I want to share with you now. There is no such thing as a perfect communicator. We all make mistakes, and most often the perceived fear of what's going to go wrong will never happen. You must assume that if someone doesn't like what you say or how you say it, it is that person's problem and not yours. Now, I'm not trying to be rude here. Use discretion. I'm not saying to go around saying everything on your mind. I am simply saying that people choose to be offended, and that is their choice. Okay, fact number five, the turkey vulture does not have that nasal septum that separates the left and right nasal passages. So if you look at the side of their head, you can see right through their bills. Communication is almost like breathing. You usually don't stop to think about what it really is. Communication with others, especially with ourselves, is something most of us take for granted. You know how you see clear through this vulture's bill? You allow most people to see you through the way you communicate. It is the basis 
for feelings and ideas. Messages, once you say them, they cannot be erased. And even what you say to yourself in your head is extremely valuable and important. Once you verbalize those thoughts, they can become even more clear and real. This can be good, but it can also be bad. Sometimes when I say something out loud, I realize what a dumb idea it is. But then my stupid idea is out there and I can't take it back. Sometimes we say harsh things out loud and we can't take those back either. People see through to us by how we communicate. And we all easily mirror the actions of those that are close to us. We teach others how to treat us. If you do nothing when you don't like something, it's going to stay the same. If you whine at your kids, then chances are they're going to whine back. Today we were outside working in the yard and my husband was being silly and he said something to to my youngest, but then he said, Griffin, you can't see my face, but it was funny. And then our youngest Raya repeated it. And that was the only way she would refer to him in her little voice, Griffin. She saw that Griffin thought this was funny, so she continued to refer to him that way. Now, she was meaning this in a silly way, and so was Griffin and my husband, but that same instance has a totally different outcome when used in anger. So others see us by how we communicate and treat us accordingly. So block put-downs when you hear them coming out of your mouth. Put your hand over your mouth if you have to. If you don't like the response you keep getting from others, then change your reaction. But again, remember you can only change yours and chances are other people's attitudes towards you will change. All right, my last and final fact, and then we'll have our wrap up. The Andean condor has the largest wing surface of any living bird. Tip to tip, the wingspan of this thing measures 10 and a half feet across. Some have a longer wingspan, but their wings are skinnier and the condor beats them all in total surface area. Now there is a lot to learn when discussing why or how we talk to ourselves, especially in this time. It is critical that we be patient with others and be patient with ourselves. But here is my wingtip to wingtip recap of what we've learned today. There are two kinds of self-talk. Number one, focus on the positive and use encouraging self-talk. The more you do it, the more real it can become. Number two, humans are complicated creatures. We have many different selves and often we don't take time to understand them. So take time for yourself. Take time to understand your needs. Number three, be curious and not furious. We have amazing brains that sometimes don't serve us the best way. Don't assume that your way is the only way. Be flexible, be compassionate, and be willing to change. Number four, fear is a powerful tool. Good communication is a better one. There is no such thing as a perfect communicator, and we all make mistakes. Most of what we fear is never going to (laughs) happen. People choose to be offended, and that is their choice. Number five, you allow people to see you and to know you and know how to treat you by the way you communicate. Verbalizing things makes them more real, and you can't change other people, but you can change you. Guaranteed, many things change when you have a willingness to change your inner voice, and when you have a willingness to change how you communicate. Stay safe, my friends. Wash your hands, try to relax, and enjoy learning new ways of life. 
nothing lasts forever, but how you feel about your situation starts with you. Again, my name is Jessica Herberts, and hopefully this helps you to navigate this crazy, beautiful, often obnoxious, but usually wonderful life of mental roads. You're listening to the Mental Roads Podcast with host Jessica Herbert. This is episode nine, Feed Yourself. Hello, I am Jessica Herbert, and you're listening to the Mental Roads Podcast, a podcast about learning from and getting through life's challenges. Hello, humans, and any other intelligent beings who may be listening. I hope you all had a very Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. My mom and dad came to visit us here in New Jersey for Christmas. They got here right as my semester ended, so I was able to relax with them. My kids had time off from school, and my husband magically got time off as well. We spent the whole time baking with my dad, way too many cookies. My dad taught us how to make cheese. The kids played Minecraft with my mom. She's an awesome grandma that way. We even got to take them up to New York City and see a Cirque du Soleil show. Twas the night before. It was a pretty pared back show, but it was still an amazing experience. Before the show, we went to eat at Brother Jimmy's, which I found listed on Mommy Nearest as a family restaurant. But it also happens to be a sports bar and Sunday night football was on. The whole dining experience... Um, is really a story for another time, but let's just say they were accommodating and 100% family friendly, and I wholly recommend them. We'll totally eat there again. With a new year come new things. My brother got engaged, super excited about that. We have a new habit of having to learn to write 2020 on everything, always confuses me. We have a fun slew of seeing in 2020 jokes and memes. We make goals and resolutions. And for me, it's a new semester of classes. Here's my quick take on resolutions. I may sound a little um, gospel preachy for a second, but one of my classes this semester is a New Testament class. So hang in there. I was reading in Luke 4, where Christ fasts for 40 days and 40 nights. And verse 2 talks about how after not eating for that long, he hungered. After reading this, something really, really hit me. Are you ready for my very deep thought? Because it's pretty profound. If you do not eat, then you get hungry. Bam. (laughs) Is your mind blown? In all honesty, it sounds pretty obvious and simple, but think for a minute. Most of us appear on the outside to be doing pretty good. People ask, how are you doing? And you say, I'm fine. It's shockingly easy for someone to go to church or go to work or go to school or take care of their fabulous kids or do everything that you should You can't see my air quotes around should, but they're there. Everything that you should do. It's easy to have and do fabulous things and yet never truly be seeking to feed yourself. It is easy 
to just put a smile on your face and assume it will be enough. And let's face it, some days it's all we can muster to do that. But in the long run, you cannot just stare at food and expect to be nourished. At some point, you will find yourself hungry or starving. You have to actively grow and appreciate the blessings of whatever your experience, because I am with you. Trials and bad news suck, but also know that without a doubt, I give you my 100% for sure seal of approval that whatever you have going on, whatever trial you've had, it can help you learn and grow into a better person. There was a point in my life (laughs) where I was up to my shoulders in diapers and dishes and we had no money and my family was far away and my husband worked constantly and I thought, this is it. This is my life. It never ends. I am a butt wiping, food fetching, milk producing cow who will forever get no sleep. And it was very hard to feel like I had anything to feed myself with. It took mind work and time to understand the beautiful process that my life was going through. That part of life does not last forever. It does feel like it though sometimes. It is human nature to want to expand and understand and progress. Now my point with this is that with new things people make new goals and you can never truly know what's going on in someone's mind. Let's face it a lot of times we struggle with understanding our own. It is normal to have questions and frustrations. And for me, I have learned that there are good ways, there are better ways, and there are best ways of finding true comfort in the face of starvation. What helps me to grow may not help you. So as you are making resolutions, not that I'm suggesting you shouldn't aim high, my challenge to you is to be able to take a look at yourself. Take a look at yourself and decide what could feed you. Where are you hungry? What will help you to grow? I would hope that listening to this podcast could be one way. Not that you should make it your New Year's resolution to always listen, but I would hope I could help. Get back to your basics and learn to nourish yourself. I'm not talking just self-care here, friends. I am talking soul and life, basic, fabulous nourishment. If you do not eat, then you get hungry. Now, perhaps to help you with this, I have decided to give you a few episodes on one of the most basic of activities. It's so basic that most people take it for granted. It's sort of like breathing. You don't really stop to think about what it is. What I would like to feed you with, if you will, are a couple of episodes about communication. Why would I try to teach you about communication, you ask? Why should you feed yourself this way? Well, communication is meaningful to life because it is how you know yourself. We talk about ourselves. We use labels to describe ourselves, to determine what to do or why we want to do what we do. We often don't even notice these self-conversations. Communication is the basis for human contact. 
We share feelings and we share ideas with others. We write, we look, we high five, we use social media. Communication is so many things. It is something you are aware of sometimes. It can be purposeful and conscious and intentional. Like when you're discussing travel plans or when you're solving a problem, but it can also be a reactive thing where you're not meaning, it's, it's unintentional, it's unconscious. You use facial expressions when you get good news or when you get bad news. Communication is dynamic because our attitudes and our skills change, as do those of the people around us. Communication is continuous because it never stops. Whether we're asleep or awake, our mind is constantly processing ideas and information. Communication is irreversible. What you say or what you think is either out there in the universe or it is in your mind. It crossed your mind. Communication is interactive. It's like a a spiral that you carry with you and it can go in a positive direction or it can go in a negative direction. Communication is contextual. It, it changes varied on place or people or purpose. Communication is so important in so many different areas of our life and it's important to understand how you communicate or how you want to communicate with yourself and with others. A short story about how communication can make your life easier. My dad is a podiatrist. And one day when I was 16, 17, 18, I don't remember. I was driving and I was in high school. I remember that. I had to go pick him up from the airport. And as I did this, he gets in the car, put his bags in the car. He gets in the car and then his phone rings. And it was his secretary And all of a sudden, he starts using this very thick, heavy, twangy, southern Texas accent. I grew up in Dallas, Fort Worth area, by the way. I was super confused. And he got off the phone. I'm like, Dad, what on earth was that? And he's like, oh, um, when I'm at work, I have a southern accent. And I didn't even realize that I just did that, but... He is a podiatrist who mainly goes through nursing homes and he takes care of the needs there. And a lot of times he has found that older Texans prefer somebody who they also believe is a good old Texas boy. (laughs) So at work, he has found that his patients respond to him better when he has a Texas accent. And I found that hilarious. (laughs) Another reason I really want to talk to you about communication is that there is so much noise that goes on that can confuse the way you communicate with others. You have noises around in your environment, like loud music or a car. Somebody could be deaf or somebody could have laryngitis. My son has a sinus infection right now, and it's kind of hilarious to listen to him when he talks. You could have a language barrier. 
someone could even be just from a different part of the United States and the words that they use can be different and confusing. Some people have different grammar. Sometimes you have different cultures. I know that oftentimes when I talk with my parents and I use military lingo that I am used to, like PCS or BAH, they have no idea what I'm talking about. Okay, sometimes we also have these different psychological noises, upsets or stresses that create hardships in our communication. But there's so many different noises that you need to know how to deal with them. You need to be flexible. You have to keep your eyes and your ears open to any kind of problems. And then you have to adjust according to what they are. We all have a need for communication. Sometimes we communicate to survive. We need to talk to people. We need to say something in order to protect another person. Usually, we talk for pleasure. We talk because we think other people should or want to hear what we have to say. We talk because we want to enjoy another person's company. We talk to find security and to seek balance. We talk to secure our own territory. We talk differently in different places. There's different types of communication. Interpersonal is where you're talking to yourself. It's um, internal and and processing your own self-talk, which is important to be aware of these thoughts and observations and to know how to interpret them. The main thing I want to talk to you about is interpersonal communication, where you're reacting and in exchanging communication with another person. We need people around us to help us grow. So as I am teaching and as we are learning together about communication, there are a few things I want you to keep in mind. First of all, communication takes place within a system within a chunk. And when entering into any relationship, we establish patterns. We have patterns in our family. And when one person leaves, this changes the system and therefore changes our communication. When you move, that is changing the system. Okay. And you have to relearn communication. That is normal. That is okay. You just have to do it. (laughs) You have to learn how to do it. Another thing is that messages cannot be erased. There are no take backsies in communication. When you say it, it is out there. Communication is proactive. We always respond. Whether we mean to or not, in my psych class, they were talking about facial expressions and they showed a clip of when Halle Berry was in a Miss America pageant or I'm not sure what it was, but they showed us this clip where she lost. And for a split second, a tiny hair of a second, she is upset. And then all of a sudden, she's smiling again. Whether we want to or are planning to or not, we always react. The meaning of a given act of communication can't be separated from the components in which it's given. So you have the people in a communication You have the purpose of the communication, and then you have the context in which it's given. So let's say you are 
talking in text to your husband. Okay. Usually you can't separate that thought and say, oh, we were having a complete conversation. And partially that's because in text message form, you're not getting the inflection of everything. And this can happen with anything. When you think about a certain conversation, even in person, not just with text messages, but any type of conversation, you remember it in that same location with the same people and the same purpose. So all three of those things, the people, the context, and the purpose of your conversation matter and they can't be separated. Another thing is that your communication is culture oriented. Okay. Whether you are walking down a street and you look down all the time, maybe that is something that you grew up doing. Maybe When you meet somebody, you hug them. That is a part of communication, and it is also something that is culture-oriented, something you grew up with. We teach others how to treat us, okay? If you do nothing when you don't like something, it's going to stay the same, and that is part of communication. We communicate what and who we are. We may speak words, We have accents, we have values, all of these things come out in our communication. We cannot not communicate. Even no talking is communicating. All right? People react to reactions. Isaac Newton has this law that we are all aware of to every action there is an equal and opposite reaction to everything and that means communication another thing is you do what you do because in the end you expect to achieve happiness okay when you communicate with another person it is highly likely that the reason you're saying what you're saying is because you think it will help you get to what you want. More on that later. You cannot always have the same understandings and feelings as another person. People would rather be praised than punished. Shocker. We would also rather be punished then ignored. Another thought is be curious, not furious. Reacting with anger often closes your communication. Having a willingness to see through each other's eyes, it might not solve your problem, but it can change you. And compassionate language with the right spirit can enable us to change and transform hazardous situations into ones of growth and understanding. And it can do the same thing in reverse as well. My very last thought on communication for you is that meaning is in people, not in words. W. Craig Zwick once said, there exists today a great need for men and women to cultivate respect for each other across wide distances of belief and behavior and across deep canyons of conflicting agendas. It is impossible 
to know all that informs our minds and our hearts, or even to fully understand the context for the trials and choices that we face. So, how well do you communicate? How well do you share? How well do you know your own thoughts and intentions? How compassionate are you with others and with yourself? Are you feeding yourself? Again, my name is Jessica Herbert. I can't wait to get started on this next semester with you. I really hope I can share a lot of things that will help each of you on this crazy, wonderful, beautiful, fabulous life of mental roads. You are listening to the Mental Roads Podcast with host Jessica Herbert. This is episode 10, Stinkin' Vultures. Hello, I am Jessica Herbert, and you are listening to the Mental Roads Podcast, a podcast about learning from and getting through life's challenges. Hello, my fellow quarantined friends, and probably your kids too, since I know all of my children are home for a while right now. Our school district here in New Jersey has said they won't go back until April 20th, which I guess we'll see. But right now, that gives me and the kids about four weeks of navigating public school virtual learning. Note, I did not say homeschool. I have homeschooled, and that is a much different thing. We get to pick what we want, and when we turn it in, and... We may be schooling at home, but it is very different than homeschooling and kind of makes me miss it, honestly. Another crazy thing is that my husband is teleworking. He is an Air Force firefighter and usually would be considered mission critical and be at the fire station, but he's here in assignment teaching firefighters in different countries in Africa, so he is home as well. With all of the crazy going on, there is so much change in the way that we run our household. An even bigger change I've noticed is how we have to communicate with each other. In seemingly normal times, our communication feels easy, right? You know what makes this so difficult is that communication is not particularly easy. It is learned. And when our setting and our purpose change so drastically like they have recently, it can make things pretty stressful, (laughs) Online communications are through the roof because everyone is practicing social distancing and staying at home. There's a whole wealth of hilarious memes and celebrities are reading children's books. Zoos and museums are offering free live classes. My daughter's preschool had a Zoom meeting. It was weird and also the cutest Zoom meeting I have ever seen. (laughs) Through all of this, I feel this really weird mixture of relaxation and having more time to hang out with my family and also anticipation and anxiety over how everything is working in our home and in the world around me. During times like this, it feels like there isn't much we can do to change our situation. So to help, I just want to give you a few facts about vultures. Why would learning about vultures help you? Well, just stick with me, okay? It made sense in my head. All right, vultures. What are they? They are a relatively 
unattractive bird with naked heads and they walk funny and they have sharp pointy beaks and they tend to pick on the weak and the helpless and even the dead. But you know what? Vultures have some pretty unique and amazing qualities as well. They have value and while they still seem awkward and strange to most, what new and different things don't feel that way until you have clearly sought to learn and understand it? Now, psychological vultures are very similar. See what I'm doing here? Your inner monologue determines much of your external dialogue. And in turn, this affects how you react to whatever situation you are in. Our self-talk triggers nonverbal reactions. Your behavior, feelings, self-esteem, and even your stress levels are influenced by what's going on in your head. Self-talk helps you process who you are and how to deal with whatever is going on around you. So if you find yourself stressed or worried about stuff right now, let me teach you a little bit about vultures with some fun facts I found on mentalfloss.com and how to either defeat or make your vultures work for you. Okay, fact number one. Vultures are divided into two major groups, and they are not closely related. With the exception of Australia and Antarctica, every continent has some sort of vulture population. There are 23 living species in the world. We have old world vultures and new world vultures. And genetic evidence tells us that these birds aren't close relatives. They independently evolved, and they simply look similar. Now, positive and negative self-talk are much the same. We always relate them together, even sometimes believe the negative things we say, and you continually communicate with yourself awake or not. Positive and negative thoughts can feel the same, and they evolve in similar ways, and self-talk can work for you or against you. It's the one that you choose to focus on that leads your actions. Now, right now there's a lot of change in our daily routines and it's easy to feel like you can't do something or like something is really hard. Do not fear your weaknesses. See them as needs, areas where you can grow and change. And the best way to combat this vulture is to pat yourself on the back. Say something good about yourself or your situation. When you choose to focus on the positive, the negative goes away. Use positive self-talk. Okay, fact number two. Vultures are bald. They have little or no feathers on their heads and their necks. And historically, it was believed that this was a sanitary measures because if they had facial feathers, they would get drenched in blood and ickiness at mealtime. But it turns out their bald heads actually offer another advantage. Researchers have found that on hot days, vultures tend to stick their necks out, and in cold weather, they tuck their heads under their wings. These guys actually regulate their body temperature with their skin because it rapidly loses heat. So this trick comes in handy because a lot of them deal with some extreme daily temperatures in their different habitats. Now... In my communications class, my textbook said that most of us only have a general idea of who we are and even what we believe in. 
It is easy to not understand why we think certain thoughts or are motivated in certain ways. We usually don't even think about it. And when I first read this, I admit I was slightly offended. Maybe you feel the same way, just like it appears obvious that a vulture doesn't have feathers for cleanliness. I also, in most ways, feel like I know who I am. But here's the thing. We have many different selves. We have an ideal self, one that we feel like we would be if we did everything perfect and everything exactly right. And then we have our should self, what we measure ourselves against and what we think we should do. Then we have our public self, our person that we act like in front of our husband or our children or in front of our friends or even online. They can all be a little bit different. Then we have our real self. And this is what we think of ourselves when we're being honest about our interests and our thoughts, our emotions and our needs. Our idealized should public and real self all blend together to form our self-concept or our understanding of ourselves. So especially in this time, seek to understand yourself. Learn more about the you who carries on your self-talk. There are a lot of things in this life we can't change, but the one thing we can control is ourselves. It may be difficult, especially right now, but take the time to engage in self-care. Make time for you. Okay, fact three is a little weird. Vultures poop on themselves. Just like their bald heads, they don't have any feathers on their feet and their legs, which gets rid of excess body heat. And sometimes to aid with this, some species actually poop on their legs and allow liquid to evaporate, which cools their skin. But this also serves an additional purpose. Because of their diet, their poop is highly acidic and it acts as a disinfectant for their feet, which gets rid of harmful bacteria they pick up while hopping around on animal carcasses. <laughs> Here's the thing. Humans have wonderful memories, but we have relatively short memories. We remember best right after an event, but but pretty soon after that, we forget things. And even more serious, our brain often fills in information in order to complete a picture and make it make sense. Daniel Schachter has a list that he calls the seven sins of memory, and we are all easily subject to these things. We have bias. We misattribute things. We block memories that we don't like. Our memories have transients and they can come and then they can go. Sometimes we have persistent memories that we want to forget or sometimes we are just plain old absent-minded. The amazing thing about our memory is that it is also subject to our past experience. What we perceive depends on our memory of past experiences. So unless you have a magical photographic memory, don't poop on yourself by needlessly thinking that your way is the only way. You cannot have the same understandings and feelings as others. So when someone frustrates you, be curious, not furious. Have a willingness to see through each other's eyes. It may not change or solve your problem, but it can change you. Fact number four, Egyptian vultures can use tools. 
with round-edged stones. They use hammers and they hammer away at ostrich eggs until they crack open. And once this work has been done, ravens sometimes swoop down and chase the vultures off and then steal it. And that's life for you. (laughs) 80 to 93% of people experience some form of communication anxiety. Jerry Seinfeld once said, the number one fear in life is public speaking, and the number two fear is death. This means if you go to a funeral, you're better off in the casket than giving the eulogy. Fear is a powerful tool. We have seen a lot of fear with this virus going around, and here I am talking about the fear to speak your mind the fear to speak up, or to engage in communications. Communication anxiety is a very real thing. And negative self-talk often reflects excessive worry, and it can bring on symptoms like headaches and sleeplessness and upset stomach. An interesting thing is that very few people are actually born with communication anxiety. But this excessive worry over what to say or how to word the perfect text or respond well to a Facebook post, or heck, even call someone on the phone. How often do we do that anymore? Physical communication is important. So if you aren't able to use your communication tools well right now, if you're feeling apprehensive about this change, or even if you need more social interaction and are hesitant to find new ways to connect, listen to these tools I want to share with you now. There is no such thing as a perfect communicator. (laughs) We all make mistakes. And most often the perceived fear of what's going to go wrong will never happen. You must assume that if someone doesn't like what you say or how you say it, it is that person's problem and not yours. Now, I'm not trying to be rude here. Use discretion. (laughs) I'm not saying to go around saying everything on your mind. I am simply saying that people choose to be offended and that is their choice. Okay, fact number five. The turkey vulture does not have that nasal septum that separates the left and right nasal passages. So if you look at the side of their head, you can see right through their bills. Communication is almost like breathing. You usually don't stop to think about what it really is. Communication with others, especially with ourselves, is something most of us take for granted. You know how you see clear through this vulture's bill? You allow most people to see you through the way you communicate. It is the basis for feelings and ideas. Messages, once you say them, they cannot be erased. And even what you say to yourself in your head is extremely valuable and important. Once you verbalize those thoughts, they can become even more clear and real. This can be good, but it can also be bad. Sometimes when I say something out loud, I realize what a dumb idea it is, but then my stupid idea is out there and I can't take it back. Sometimes we say harsh things out loud and we can't take those back either. People see through to us by how we communicate and we all easily mirror the actions of those that are close to us. We teach others how to treat us. If you do nothing when you don't like something, it's going to stay the same. If you whine at your kids, then chances are they're going to whine back. 
Today we were outside working in the yard and my husband was being silly and he said something to, to my youngest, but then he said, Griffin, you can't see my face, but it was funny. And then our youngest Raya repeated it. And that was the only way she would, ref- would refer to him in her little voice, Griffin. She saw that Griffin thought this was funny. So she continued to refer to him that way. Now, she was meaning this in a silly way, and so was Griffin and my husband, but that same instance has a totally different outcome when used in anger. So others see us by how we communicate and treat us accordingly. So block put-downs when you hear them coming out of your mouth. Put your hand over your mouth if you have to. (laughs) If you don't like the response you keep getting from others, then change your reaction. But again, remember you can only change yours, and chances are... Other people's attitudes towards you will change. All right, my last and final fact, and then we'll have our wrap up. The Andean condor has the largest wing surface of any living bird. Tip to tip, the wingspan of this thing measures 10 and a half feet across. Some have a longer wingspan, but their wings are skinnier and the condor beats them all in total surface area. Now, there is a lot to learn when discussing why or how we talk to ourselves, especially in this time. It is critical that we be patient with others and be patient with ourselves. But here is my wingtip to wingtip recap of what we've learned today. (laughs) There are two kinds of self-talk. Number one, focus on the positive and use encouraging self-talk. The more you do it, the more real it can become. Number two, humans are complicated creatures. We have many different selves and often we don't take time to understand them. So take time for yourself. Take time to understand your needs. Number three, be curious and not furious. We have amazing brains that sometimes don't serve us the best way. Don't assume that your way is the only way. Be flexible, be compassionate, and be willing to change. Number four, fear is a powerful tool. Good communication is a better one. There is no such thing as a perfect communicator and we all make mistakes. Most of what we fear is never going to (laughs) happen. People choose to be offended and that is their choice. Number five, you allow people to see you and to know you and know how to treat you by the way you communicate. Verbalizing things makes them more real and you can't change other people, but you can change you. Guaranteed. Many things change when you have a willingness to change your inner voice and when you have a willingness to change how you communicate. Stay safe, my friends. Wash your hands, try to relax, and enjoy learning new ways of life. Nothing lasts forever, but how you feel about your situation starts with you. Again, my name is Jessica Herberts, and hopefully this helps you to navigate this crazy, beautiful, often obnoxious, but usually wonderful life of mental roads. You are listening to the Mental Roads podcast with host Jessica Herbert. This is episode 10, Stinkin' Vultures. I am Jessica Herbert, and you are listening to the Mental Roads Podcast, a podcast about learning from and getting through life's challenges. 
hello, my fellow quarantined friends, <laughs> and probably your kids too, since I know all of my children are home for a while right now. Our school district here in New Jersey has said they won't go back until April 20th, which I guess we'll see. But right now, that gives me and the kids about four weeks of navigating public school virtual learning. Note, I did not say homeschool. I have homeschooled, and that is a much different thing. We get to pick what we want, and when we turn it in, and we may be schooling at home, but it is very different than homeschooling and kind of makes me miss it, honestly. Another crazy thing is that my husband is teleworking. He is an Air Force firefighter and usually would be considered mission critical and be at the fire station, but he's here in assignment teaching firefighters in different countries in Africa, so he is home as well. With all of the crazy going on, there is so much change in the way that we run our household. An even bigger change I've noticed is how we have to communicate with each other. In seemingly normal times, our communication feels easy, right? You know what makes this so difficult is that communication is not particularly easy. It is learned. And when our setting and our purpose change so drastically like they have recently, it can make things pretty stressful. <laughs> Online communications are through the roof because everyone is practicing social distancing and staying at home. There's a whole wealth of hilarious memes and celebrities are reading children's books. Zoos and museums are offering free live classes. My daughter's preschool had a Zoom meeting. It was weird and also the cutest Zoom meeting I have ever seen. <laughs> Through all of this, I feel this really weird mixture of relaxation and having more time to hang out with my family and also anticipation and anxiety over how everything is working in our home and in the world around me. During times like this, it feels like there isn't much we can do to change our situation. So to help, I just want to give you a few facts about vultures. <laughs> Why would learning about vultures help you? Well, just stick with me, okay? It made sense in my head, all right? Vultures, what are they? They are a relatively unattractive bird with naked heads and they walk funny and they have sharp pointy beaks and they tend to pick on the weak and the helpless and even the dead. But you know what? Vultures have some pretty unique and amazing qualities as well. They have value and while they still seem awkward and strange to most, what new and different things don't feel that way until you have clearly sought to learn and understand it? Now, psychological vultures are very similar. See what I'm doing here? Your inner monologue determines much of your external dialogue. And in turn, this affects how you react to whatever situation you are in. Our self-talk triggers nonverbal reactions. Your behavior, feelings, self-esteem, and even your stress levels are influenced by what's going on in your head. Self-talk helps you process who you are and how to deal with whatever is going on around you. So if you find yourself stressed or worried about stuff right now, let me teach you a little bit about vultures with some fun facts I found on mentalfloss.com and how to either defeat or make your vultures work for you. Okay, fact number one. Vultures are divided into two major groups, and they are not closely related. With the exception of Australia and Antarctica, 
every continent has some sort of vulture population. There are 23 living species in the world. We have old world vultures and new world vultures. And genetic evidence tells us that these birds aren't close relatives. They independently evolved and they simply look similar. Now, positive and negative self-talk are much the same. We always relate them together, even sometimes believe the negative things we say, and you continually communicate with yourself awake or not. Positive and negative thoughts can feel the same, and they evolve in similar ways, and self-talk can work for you or against you. It's the one that you choose to focus on that leads your actions. Now, right now there's a lot of change in our daily routines and it's easy to feel like you can't do something or like something is really hard. Do not fear your weaknesses. See them as needs, areas where you can grow and change. And the best way to combat this vulture is to pat yourself on the back. Say something good about yourself or your situation. When you choose to focus on the positive, the negative goes away. Use positive self-talk. Okay, fact number two. Vultures are bald. They have little or no feathers on their heads and their necks. And historically, it was believed that this was a sanitary measures because if they had facial feathers, they would get drenched in blood and ickiness at mealtime. But it turns out their bald heads actually offer another advantage. Researchers have found that on hot days, vultures tend to stick their necks out, and in cold weather, they tuck their heads under their wings. These guys actually regulate their body temperature with their skin because it rapidly loses heat. So this trick comes in handy because a lot of them deal with some extreme daily temperatures in their different habitats. Now... In my communications class, my textbook said that most of us only have a general idea of who we are and even what we believe in. It is easy to not understand why we think certain thoughts or are motivated in certain ways. We usually don't even think about it. And when I first read this, I admit I was slightly offended. Maybe you feel the same way, just like it appears obvious that a vulture doesn't have feathers for cleanliness, I also in most ways feel like I know who I am. But here's the thing. We have many different selves. We have an ideal self, one that we feel like we would be if we did everything perfect and everything exactly right. And then we have our should self, what we measure ourself against and what we think we should do. Then we have our public self, our person that we act like in front of our husband or our children or in front of our friends or even online. They can all be a little bit different. Then we have our real self. And this is what we think of ourselves when we're being honest about our interests and our thoughts, our emotions and our needs. Our idealized should public and real self all blend together to form our self-concept or our understanding of ourselves. So especially in this time, seek to understand yourself. Learn more about the you who carries on your self-talk. 
There are a lot of things in this life we can't change, but the one thing we can control is ourselves. It may be difficult, especially right now, but take the time to engage in self-care. Make time for you. Okay, fact three is a little weird. Vultures poop on themselves. Just like their bald heads, they don't have any feathers on their feet and their legs, which gets rid of excess body heat. And sometimes to aid with this, some species actually poop on their legs and allow liquid to evaporate, which cools their skin. But this also serves an additional purpose. Because of their diet, their poop is highly acidic and it acts as a disinfectant for their feet, which gets rid of harmful bacteria they pick up while hopping around on animal carcasses. (laughs) Here's the thing. Humans have wonderful memories, but we have relatively short memories. We remember best right after an event, but, but pretty soon after that, we forget things. And even more serious, our brain often fills in information in order to complete a picture and make it make sense. Daniel Schachter has a list that he calls the seven sins of memory, and we are all easily subject to these things. We have bias. We misattribute things. We block memories that we don't like. Our memories have transience, and they can come, and then they can go. Sometimes we have persistent memories that we want to forget, or sometimes we are just plain old absent-minded. The amazing thing about our memory is that it is also subject to our past experience. What we perceive depends on our memory of past experiences. So unless you have a magical photographic memory, don't poop on yourself by needlessly thinking that your way is the only way. You cannot have the same understandings and feelings as others. So when someone frustrates you, be curious, not furious. Have a willingness to see through each other's eyes. It may not change or solve your problem, but it can change you. Fact number four, Egyptian vultures can use tools. With round-edged stones, they use hammers and they hammer away at ostrich eggs until they crack open. And once this work has been done, Ravens sometimes swoop down and chase the vultures off and then steal it. And that's life for you. (laughs) 80 to 93% of people experience some form of communication anxiety. Jerry Seinfeld once said, the number one fear in life is public speaking and the number two fear is death. This means if you go to a funeral, you're better off in the casket than giving the eulogy. Fear is a powerful tool. We have seen a lot of fear with this virus going around. And here I am talking about the fear to speak your mind, the fear to speak up or to engage in communications. Communication anxiety is a very real thing. And negative self-talk often reflects excessive worry and it can bring on symptoms like headaches and sleeplessness and upset stomach. An interesting thing is that very few people are actually born with communication anxiety. But this excessive worry over what to say or how to word the perfect text or respond well to a Facebook post or 
Heck, even call someone on the phone. How often do we do that anymore? Physical communication is important. So if you aren't able to use your communication tools well right now, if you're feeling apprehensive about this change, or even if you need more social interaction and are hesitant to find new ways to connect, listen to these tools I want to share with you now. There is no such thing as a perfect communicator. We all make mistakes, and most often the perceived fear of what's going to go wrong will never happen. You must assume that if someone doesn't like what you say or how you say it, it is that person's problem and not yours. Now, I'm not trying to be rude here. Use discretion. I'm not saying to go around saying everything on your mind. I am simply saying that people choose to be offended, and that is their choice. Okay, fact number five, the turkey vulture does not have that nasal septum that separates the left and right nasal passages. So if you look at the side of their head, you can see right through their bills. Communication is almost like breathing. You usually don't stop to think about what it really is. Communication with others, especially with ourselves, is something most of us take for granted. You know how you see clear through this vulture's bill? You allow most people to see you through the way you communicate. It is the basis for feelings and ideas. Messages, once you say them, they cannot be erased. And even what you say to yourself in your head is extremely valuable and important. Once you verbalize those thoughts, they can become even more clear and real. This can be good, but it can also be bad. Sometimes when I say something out loud, I realize what a dumb idea it is, but then my stupid idea is out there and I can't take it back. Sometimes we say harsh things out loud and we can't take those back either. People see through to us by how we communicate and we all easily mirror the actions of those that are close to us. We teach others how to treat us. If you do nothing when you don't like something, it's going to stay the same. If you whine at your kids, then chances are they're going to whine back. Today we were outside working in the yard, and my husband was being silly, and he said something to to my youngest, but then he said, Griffin? You can't see my face, but it was funny. And then our youngest, Raya, repeated it. And that was the only way she would refer to him in her little voice, Griffin? She saw that Griffin thought this was funny, so she continued to refer to him that way. Now, she was meaning this in a silly way, and so was Griffin and my husband, but that same instance has a totally different outcome when used in anger. So others see us by how we communicate and treat us accordingly. So block put-downs when you hear them coming out of your mouth. Put your hand over your mouth if you have to. If you don't like the response you keep getting from others, then change your reaction. But again, remember you can only change yours and chances are other people's attitudes towards you will change. All right, my last and final fact, and then we'll have our wrap up. The Andean condor has the largest wing surface of any living bird. Tip to tip, the wingspan of this thing measures 10 and a half feet across. Some have a longer wingspan, but their wings are skinnier and the condor beats them all in total surface area. 
Now, there is a lot to learn when discussing why or how we talk to ourselves, especially in this time. It is critical that we be patient with others and be patient with ourselves. But here is my wingtip to wingtip recap of what we've learned today. (laughs) There are two kinds of self-talk. Number one, Focus on the positive and use encouraging self-talk. The more you do it, the more real it can become. Number two, humans are complicated creatures. We have many different selves and often we don't take time to understand them. So take time for yourself. Take time to understand your needs. Number three, be curious and not furious. We have amazing brains that sometimes don't serve us the best way. Don't assume that your way is the only way. Be flexible, be compassionate, and be willing to change. Number four, fear is a powerful tool. Good communication is a better one. There is no such thing as a perfect communicator and we all make mistakes. Most of what we fear is never going to (laughs) happen. People choose to be offended and that is their choice. Number five, you allow people to see you and to know you and know how to treat you by the way you communicate. Verbalizing things makes them more real and you can't change other people, but you can change you. Guaranteed, many things change when you have a willingness to change your inner voice and when you have a willingness to change how you communicate. Stay safe, my friends. Wash your hands, try to relax, and enjoy learning new ways of life. Nothing lasts forever, but how you feel about your situation starts with you. Again, my name is Jessica Herberts, and hopefully this helps you to navigate this crazy, beautiful, often obnoxious, but usually wonderful life of mental roads. You are listening to the Mental Roads podcast with host Jessica Herbert. This is episode 10 stinking vultures. Hello, I am Jessica Herbert, and you are listening to the Mental Roads Podcast, a podcast about learning from and getting through life's challenges. Hello, my fellow quarantined friends. And probably your kids too, since I know all of my children are home for a while right now. Our school district here in New Jersey has said they won't go back until April 20th, which I guess we'll see. But right now, that gives me and the kids about four weeks of navigating public school virtual learning. Note, I did not say homeschool. I have homeschooled and that is a much different thing. We get to pick what we want and when we turn it in and... We may be schooling at home, but it is very different than homeschooling and kind of makes me miss it, honestly. Another crazy thing is that my husband is teleworking. He is an Air Force firefighter and usually would be considered mission critical and be at the fire station, but he's here in assignment teaching firefighters in different countries in Africa, so he is home as well. With all of the crazy going on, there is so much change in the way that we run our household. An even bigger change I've noticed is how we have to communicate with each other. In seemingly normal times, our communication feels easy, right? You know what makes this so difficult is that communication is not particularly easy. It is learned. And when our setting and our purpose change so drastically like they have recently, 
it can make things pretty stressful. (laughs) Online communications are through the roof because everyone is practicing social distancing and staying at home. There's a whole wealth of hilarious memes and celebrities are reading children's books. Zoos and museums are offering free live classes. My daughter's preschool had a Zoom meeting. It was weird and also the cutest Zoom meeting I have ever seen. (laughs) Through all of this, I feel this really weird mixture of relaxation and having more time to hang out with my family and also anticipation and anxiety over how everything is working in our home and in the world around me. During times like this, it feels like there isn't much we can do to change our situation. So to help, I just want to give you a few facts about vultures. (laughs) Why would learning about vultures help you? Well, just stick with me, okay? It made sense in my head, all right? Vultures, what are they? They are a relatively unattractive bird with naked heads and they walk funny and they have sharp pointy beaks and they tend to pick on the weak and the helpless and even the dead. But you know what? Vultures have some pretty unique and amazing qualities as well. They have value and while they still seem awkward and strange to most, what new and different things don't feel that way until you have clearly sought to learn and understand it? Now, psychological vultures are very similar. See what I'm doing here? Your inner monologue determines much of your external dialogue. And in turn, this affects how you react to whatever situation you are in. Our self-talk triggers nonverbal reactions. Your behavior, feelings, self-esteem, and even your stress levels are influenced by what's going on in your head. Self-talk helps you process who you are and how to deal with whatever is going on around you. So if you find yourself stressed or worried about stuff right now, let me teach you a little bit about vultures with some fun facts I found on mentalfloss.com and how to either defeat or make your vultures work for you. Okay, fact number one. Vultures are divided into two major groups, and they are not closely related. With the exception of Australia and Antarctica, every continent has some sort of vulture population. There are 23 living species in the world. We have old world vultures and new world vultures. And genetic evidence tells us that these birds aren't close relatives. They independently evolved, and they simply look similar. Now, positive and negative self-talk are much the same. We always relate them together, even sometimes believe the negative things we say, and you continually communicate with yourself awake or not. Positive and negative thoughts can feel the same, and they evolve in similar ways, and self-talk can work for you or against you. It's the one that you choose to focus on that leads your actions. Now, right now there's a lot of change in our daily routines and it's easy to feel like you can't do something or like something is really hard. Do not fear your weaknesses. See them as needs, areas where you can grow and change. And the best way to combat this vulture is to pat yourself on the back. Say something good about yourself or your situation. When you choose to focus on the positive, 
the negative goes away. Use positive self-talk. Okay, fact number two. Vultures are bald. They have little or no feathers on their heads and their necks. And historically, it was believed that this was a sanitary measures because if they had facial feathers, they would get drenched in blood and ickiness at mealtime. But it turns out their bald heads actually offer another advantage. Researchers have found that on hot days, vultures tend to stick their necks out and in cold weather, they tuck their heads under their wings. These guys actually regulate their body temperature with their skin because it rapidly loses heat. So this trick comes in handy because a lot of them deal with some extreme daily temperatures in their different habitats. Now, in my communications class, my textbook said that most of us only have a general idea of who we are and even what we believe in. It is easy to not understand why we think certain thoughts or are motivated in certain ways. We usually don't even think about it. And when I first read this, I admit I was slightly offended. Maybe you feel the same way, just like it appears obvious that a vulture doesn't have feathers for cleanliness. I also, in most ways, feel like I know who I am. But here's the thing. We have many different selves. We have an ideal self one that we feel like we would be if we did everything perfect and everything exactly right. And then we have our should self, what we measure ourselves against and what we think we should do. Then we have our public self, our person that we act like in front of our husband or our children or in front of our friends or even online. They can all be a little bit different. Then we have our real self, and this is what we think of ourselves when we're being honest about our interests and our thoughts, our emotions, and our needs. Our idealized, should, public, and real self all blend together to form our self-concept or our understanding of ourselves. So especially in this time, seek to understand yourself. Learn more about the you who carries on your self-talk. There are a lot of things in this life we can't change, but the one thing we can control is ourselves. It may be difficult, especially right now, but take the time to engage in self-care. Make time for you. Okay, fact three is a little weird. Vultures poop on themselves. Just like their bald heads, they don't have any feathers on their feet and their legs, which gets rid of excess body heat. And sometimes to aid with this, some species actually poop on their legs and allow liquid to evaporate, which cools their skin. But this also serves an additional purpose. Because of their diet, their poop is highly acidic and it acts as a disinfectant for their feet, which gets rid of harmful bacteria they pick up while hopping around on animal carcasses. (laughs) Here's the thing. Humans have wonderful memories, but we have relatively short memories. We remember best right after an event, but, but pretty soon after that, we forget things. And even more serious, our brain often fills in information in order to complete a picture and make it make sense. Daniel Schachter 
has a list that he calls the seven sins of memory, and we are all easily subject to these things. We have bias. We misattribute things. We block memories that we don't like. Our memories have transience, and they can come, and then they can go. Sometimes we have persistent memories that we want to forget, or sometimes we are just plain old absent-minded. The amazing thing about our memory is that it is also subject to our past experience. What we perceive depends on our memory of past experiences. So unless you have a magical photographic memory, don't poop on yourself by needlessly thinking that your way is the only way. You cannot have the same understandings and feelings as others. So when someone frustrates you, be curious, not furious. Have a willingness to see through each other's eyes. It may not change or solve your problem, but it can change you. Fact number four, Egyptian vultures can use tools. With round-edged stones, they use hammers and they hammer away at ostrich eggs until they crack open. And once this work has been done, Ravens sometimes swoop down and chase the vultures off and then steal it. And that's life for you. (laughs) 80 to 93% of people experience some form of communication anxiety. Jerry Seinfeld once said, the number one fear in life is public speaking and the number two fear is death. This means if you go to a funeral, you're better off in the casket than giving the eulogy. Fear is a powerful tool. We have seen a lot of fear with this virus going around. And here I am talking about the fear to speak your mind, the fear to speak up or to engage in communications. Communication anxiety is a very real thing. And negative self-talk often reflects excessive worry and it can bring on symptoms like headaches and sleeplessness and upset stomach. An interesting thing is that very few people are actually born with communication anxiety. But this excessive worry over what to say or how to word the perfect text or respond well to a Facebook post or, heck, even call someone on the phone. How often do we do that anymore? Physical communication is important. So if you aren't able to use your communication tools well right now, If you're feeling apprehensive about this change, or even if you need more social interaction and are hesitant to find new ways to connect, listen to these tools I want to share with you now. There is no such thing as a perfect communicator. We all make mistakes, and most often the perceived fear of what's going to go wrong will never happen You must assume that if someone doesn't like what you say or how you say it, it is that person's problem and not yours. Now, I'm not trying to be rude here. Use discretion. I'm not saying to go around saying everything on your mind. I am simply saying that people choose to be offended and that is their choice. Okay, fact number five. The turkey vulture does not have that nasal septum that separates the left and right nasal passages. So if you look at the side of their head, you can see right through their bills. Communication is almost like breathing. You usually don't stop to think about what it really is. 
Communication with others, especially with ourselves, is something most of us take for granted. You know how you see clear through this vulture's bill? You allow most people to see you through the way you communicate. It is the basis for feelings and ideas. Messages, once you say them, they cannot be erased. And even what you say to yourself in your head is extremely valuable and important. Once you verbalize those thoughts, they can become even more clear and real. This can be good, but it can also be bad. Sometimes when I say something out loud, I realize what a dumb idea it is. But then my stupid idea is out there and I can't take it back. Sometimes we say harsh things out loud and we can't take those back either. People see through to us by how we communicate. And we all easily mirror the actions of those that are close to us. We teach others how to treat us. If you do nothing when you don't like something, it's going to stay the same. If you whine at your kids, then chances are they're going to whine back. Today we were outside working in the yard and my husband was being silly and he said something to to my youngest, but then he said, Griffin? You can't see my face, but it was funny. And then our youngest, Raya, repeated it. And that was the only way she would refer to him in her little voice, Griffin. She saw that Griffin thought this was funny, so she continued to refer to him that way. Now, she was meaning this in a silly way, and so was Griffin and my husband, but that same instance has a totally different outcome when used in anger. So others see us by how we communicate and treat us accordingly. So block put-downs when you hear them coming out of your mouth. Put your hand over your mouth if you have to. (laughs) If you don't like the response you keep getting from others, then change your reaction. But again, remember you can only change yours. And chances are other people's attitudes towards you will change. All right, my last and final fact, and then we'll have our wrap up. The Andean condor has the largest wing surface of any living bird. Tip to tip, the wingspan of this thing measures 10 and a half feet across. Some have a longer wingspan, but their wings are skinnier and the condor beats them all in total surface area. Now, there is a lot to learn when discussing why or how we talk to ourselves, especially in this time. It is critical that we be patient with others and be patient with ourselves. But here is my wingtip to wingtip recap of what we've learned today. (laughs) There are two kinds of self-talk. Number one, focus on the positive and use encouraging self-talk. The more you do it, the more real it can become. Number two. Humans are complicated creatures. We have many different selves and often we don't take time to understand them. So take time for yourself. Take time to understand your needs. Number three, be curious and not furious. We have amazing brains that sometimes don't serve us the best way. Don't assume that your way is the only way. Be flexible, be compassionate, and be willing to change. Number four, fear is a powerful tool. Good communication is a better one. There is no such thing as a perfect communicator and we all make mistakes. Most of what we fear is never going to (laughs) happen. People choose to be offended and that is their choice. Number five, you allow people to see you and to know you and know how to treat you by the way you communicate. Verbalizing things makes them more real and you can't change other people, but you can change you. Guaranteed, 
Many things change when you have a willingness to change your inner voice and when you have a willingness to change how you communicate. Stay safe, my friends. Wash your hands, try to relax, and enjoy learning new ways of life. Nothing lasts forever, but how you feel about your situation starts with you. Again, my name is Jessica Herberts, and hopefully this helps you to navigate this crazy, beautiful, often obnoxious, but usually wonderful life of mental roads. Mm -hmm.